ladies and gentlemen, Bitcoiners, pre-coiners, no-coiners, and shit-coiners, welcome to Swan Lounge, a weekly show in which you get to hang out with the Swan team and some of our friends from the amazing world of Bitcoin. We do this show every Friday, and it's called Swan Lounge because we are lounging. Unlike our more serious show, Swan Signal Live, Swan Lounge is about kicking it with our friends, talking about the week's biggest events in Bitcoin, and just having fun. But before we dive in, we're doing something that I think is pretty darn cool. We're giving away Jan Pritzker's book, Inventing Bitcoin, for free in an effort to spread Bitcoin knowledge. You can go to swanbitcoin.com slash free book to claim your copy. We have it in three different ebook formats and MP3, read by our friend Guy Swan at Bitcoin Audible. All we ask is that you pay it forward by sharing the book with at least three friends and family, preferably more. And to all the Swan Force members out there, we've set up a way for you to give away the book to help you recruit new Bitcoiners. Look in your brand new referral dashboard and you'll find a link you can use to send people to your Swan Force landing page so they can get the free book offer and you can get the referral credit. And if you're not signed up for Swan Force yet, what are you doing? Go to swanbitcoin.com enlist to get started. It's a great deal. You'll earn 25% of Swan's fees on their purchases for three years, and your referral gets $10 of free Bitcoin when they become a Swan member. Also, make sure to listen to the end of the podcast, because we have a special segment called Swan Force Fridays, where we'll put our guests on the clock and ask them to give us their best Bitcoin pitch. Finally, the Daily Buys beta is underway. We're rolling daily out to customers now. If you want to get on that list, Go to swanbitcoin.com slash daily buys. And I can tell you it is awesome. I stacked today. I stacked yesterday. I stacked the day before and the day before that because I am stacking every single day with Swan Bitcoin. Now, before I bring in our guests, one last thing. Please, please, please hit subscribe and consider leaving us a positive review. Doing so helps us beat that no good dirty iTunes algorithm and get to the top of the podcast charts, which in turn will help us spread the good word about Bitcoin. And now, without any further ado, is it time? It's time. It's time for Swan Lounge. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out at Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Narrow. But I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra. And since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop in Harlem. All of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway. Pull me back to that McDonald's. Took it to my stash spot, 560 State Street. Catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry. Cruising down A Street, off white Lexus. Driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out there bed stop. Home of that boy Biggie, now I live on Billboard, and I brought my boys with me, say what up to Tata, still sipping my ties, sitting courtside, Knicks and Nets give me high five, I be spiked out, I can trip a referee, tell by my attitude that I most definitely from... There's nothing Swan can't do. Now we're in New, New York. York. Sing it with me. No. No New York, gonna... baby. No one's going to sing with me. Come on, guys. Did you think I, I was actually pumped? I don't know the words. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't Have think you I was actually seen the other video of the, the naked guy punching his New York guitar yet to that song? <laughs> no. Miss, miss that one. I mostly just like Bitcoin. It's really funny. 
Hmm. We might we might have to watch that one at some point. Uh, today is not that point, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> how's everyone doing? So uh, we've got some amazing guests today. Most of them are from New York. All, well, no, all yeah. the guests are from New York. We've got the Bitcoin Rabbi. We've got Way hey. Slice, and we've got Mr. Matt O'Dell. Hey, nice uh, nice hat you're wearing there, Matt. I like it. There you nice go. Hat. How's everyone doing? How's New York? cold cold and rainy but it's great other than that and and lockdown but other than that it's wonderful yeah feels good in my neighborhood aside from the school stuff are people still out and about restaurants are still cranking and stuff like that i feel like we haven't really got our big shutdown our second wave shutdown hasn't happened here yet it'll come yeah well, I mean, yeah i'm upstate so it's much more chill this time in New York is usually dominated by tourists and holiday parties, and we don't have either right now. So it is a little bit weird. True. Sure. True. Sure. New York's in a bear market. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, we'll see how long. We'll see how long. You know, things will things will get better. We're we're all we're all together. I mean, this this might be the start of the turnaround. I mean, Swan coming to New York might be what it what the state needed to to get itself back on its feet you don't think it's already priced in <laughs> <laughs> i mean we all knew we knew it would happen eventually so i mean it's basically been priced in for a decade at least <laughs> what is the swan to flow right now anyway bullshit Corey. you know that it's it's 50 to 50 it's that's it it's a hundred percent uh a hundred percent ratio there you go <laughs> matt are you uh are you having a drink over there i guess it's later sorry I'm not, i don't want to judge <laughs> i'm having it's- glenn murray 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 i don't know is that a smoky yeah. one? I'm not good at pronouncing stuff. No, it's not smoky at all. I actually have really been enjoying this, which is Japanese Japanese single malt, Fuyu. Nice. Ooh. But what's interesting is the Japanese don't believe in corks. They, you know, they're they believe in uh practicalities versus like uh tradition so they they actually think that the screw on keeps the air in better which it obviously does but then that yeah. means i i don't get to do my uh, my nice cork pull so i have to have both wait hold, hold on hold on hold on because yours come with a bitcoin chain on it oh that's fantastic <laughs> and the i they actually know it's the number 21 of 21 that's that's not actually uh, <laughs> So hold up, hold up. We've got uh, today's a big day for Swan. We're we're in New York City, and I don't have a drink, and I'm realizing that I now need one. So I'm going to go get a drink. Corey, would you like to tell everyone in your own words why today is such a special day? And I'll be right back. Well, I mean, first off, I think you know if you look at where Bitcoin buying and hodling is going on in the country, just because of the massive wealth. In New York, you know, our, our guess is something like a third of U.S. Bitcoin is probably held by people in New York. So if you're looking for a place to uh, to grow, you know, we think we just expanded our market by about 50 percent um, opening up New York. And, wow. you know, basically what happened is we just we just got comfortable with uh, enough good legal advice and kind of understanding of 
of the rules and regulations at DFS to open. Nothing actually really changed about our business model. Uh, we just got enough good advice that that gave us comfort that we were not going to get a, a smackdown for operating the way that we do since we don't actually ever, we literally can't touch user dollars nor their Bitcoin the way that we're set up. Um, people just kind of use the Swan site to place orders and, you know, it's held in their own account and automatically withdraws with their permission. We never actually take any action on behalf of our users, you know, their trading. So that's why it's set up that way uh, so that we do have really light regulation. And we, we came to believe that New York and DFS uh, see it that way as well. So that's why we're open in New York. Awesome. Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers hey, to that. All right. Congrats. To, uh, to everyone who's watching right now, by the way, this is the perfect, absolutely perfect time to break out that Swan Force referral link and hit up all your friends and family in New York, in New York City. All Thanksgiving long, baby. You know what? <laughs> state area. Forget about New York, all right? We're open in all 50 states, including U.S. territories like Guam and Puerto Rico and uh, all those fun places that none of us can go to right now. I didn't. Is that true about Guam? We should do a Guam, Guam show next week. <laughs> uh, if you guys are going to do that, you should go to Guam. We should. I'm going to move everyone around real quick. That way, when, when we show things, we don't block people. There we go. Better. Nice. Wait. Uh, away. Do we call you away, or can we use your first name? Yeah, just call me Josh. Yeah. You were saying we should do a show in Guam? Well, you guys were saying you should do a show about Guam. I think you should do it in Guam. Mm. I agree with that. Yeah. But is Swan actually available in Guam? Why don't you go there and find out? <laughs> <laughs> you know how to use VPNs, Matt. Set your VPN to, Gu to Guam and uh, see if it works. I, I feel like Corey just found out about this live <laughs> on air. <laughs> so all our, our Guamians, is that the right word? A Guamian? A Guamigos. Guamigos. <laughs> I don't think we have a Guamigo customer yet. But we definitely have some Puerto Rican customers. <laughs> we, do, we do have some Puerto Rican customers. But this really has been personally, I mean, this is pretty huge for me. I've been in, in New York. I'm not originally from the state, but I've been here for 10 years. 99% of the people that I know are in New York. And I've been telling him about, you know, this company that I'm part of and I'm, you know, sharing with and why, you know, why Swan's the best. But I, like, what you know, it's been it's been like locked up. So it really practically changes a huge thing. One, I was able to sign up. And like, I can tell everybody, you know, there's like the meme that's like, you know, like small brain, bigger explosion, like massive. That's like, you know, first step, whatever, Coinbase or something, then Cash App, then full massive explosion swan. Like that's, nice. that's where we're, that's the step-by-step -step phase now for uh, me telling, uh, telling my friends. <laughs> so I, there's a next phase of, of, um, of Swan that I'd like to tell everyone about. And that day is coming. I don't know when it's coming. Uh, it is the day that uh, Swan replaces Cash App as the title sponsor of TFTC. Matt. Matt. <laughs> okay. Just put it out you're, there. You're talking I mean, to the wrong freak about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just a matter of advertising dollars, right? I, I've been trying for years to get scotch companies to start sponsoring TFTC. And I feel you like... You and me both, brother. You and me both. Right? 
exactly. I, I, that needs to happen. I'm not going to give up on that fight. Well, there's actually some Swan Liquor companies. I think there's a somebody makes a Swan liqueur, liqueur, and then there's a uh, Lagunitas here in, in uh, Southern California made a Swan sour or a Swan IPA. I don't know. We got to have them bring it back for uh, for Bitcoin 2021, though. We're working on it. Once you start paying attention, you realize it's a fairly common <laughs> brand name for all kinds of things. I got like Swan alcohol, like in the bathroom here, not a liquor brand just for like, <laughs> regular. there's Swan pharmaceuticals. There's Swan everything. It's pretty funny. All subsidiaries of Swan Bitcoin. Crazy. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> sister, <laughs> sister, sister companies. Not Swan finance. If you see Swan finance, they're shit coins. Stay away from <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got another video queued up. Um, I think we should play it mostly because I worked on it. Shit, my chair just broke. All right. I might fall over at any point in time. That's okay. Don't <laughs> buy a new one. <laughs> no, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> Good. Good riddance. Brecky, turn up your mic a little bit, says the chat. <laughs> turn up my mic. Hmm. Let me see if I can do that. Uh, Are you guys sure you wanted loud Brecky? Loud Brecky. Hello. <laughs> Is that better? All right. Good enough. I'm going to play this video and uh, we'll be back in a minute and 25 seconds in three, two, one. In a world filled with uncertainty, Bitcoin gives us hope. And if we work together, we can bring about a bright orange future just a little bit sooner. With low fee automatic buys, daily, weekly, or monthly, free automatic withdrawals, and world-class Bitcoin education. We've made it safe and easy to accumulate Bitcoin because you have your life to live. So go on and live it. All over the U.S., people are choosing SWAN to achieve their Bitcoin goals. But in the financial capital of the world, the options for building your Bitcoin future are limited. Today, we are proud to announce that SWAN Bitcoin is now open for business in all 50 states, including the great state of New York. Sign up at swanbitcoin.com slash New York and get $10 of free Bitcoin when you become a member. Together, we are helping to build that bright orange future from sea to shining sea. We are advocates. We are educators. We are Bitcoiners. Woo. All right. I was the astronaut in the ocean. <laughs> I got the cosmic chills on that one. Who is who's uh whose announcer man voice was that? Oh, you know who that was. That was <laughs> actually Damn. to be fair, to be totally honest, I uh, I slowed it down a little bit to make it sound a little, little deeper, a little more important. I could tell. Yeah, it's amazing. It sounds great. Hmm, let's see what we're doing in the chat. Eh. No one wants to compliment me on the video. That's fine. It's fine, people. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. 
it's uh, it's a little cheesy, but uh, you know I think it's important. And I, I was saying this to Corey, you know, we need more more people to go out and make and make things like this. You know, like uh, these types of videos that kind of help cement the Bitcoin narrative in people's minds. If they if they look relatively professional, they get shared, and more people learn about Bitcoin. So. I'm, def- I'm definitely down with the trend of like longer form video memeing that's been happening lately. There's been there's been a huge uptick in people. And, and yeah, like, uh, that, who's that, the one who keeps doing all the movies? That that Game of Thrones was one was absolutely incredible. Well, the, the Brits are just riding train on the Americans right now when it comes to like movie scenes. They're just <laughs> crushing it over there. They're crushing it. Absolutely. Yeah, crushing. I think it's like a bunch of guys that work at ad agencies and stuff. Uh, like friends of self banked and Hodlin knots talking to some of them, but yeah, they're just, it's great. Brian Drake. Uh, so is he a Brit? Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. Shout out to RD. Yeah. He designed this shirt. Thanks Ryan. Folks, I plugged my mic in. So if I don't sound better, there's nothing else I can do about this. Anyway. Personally, uh, I like the stock clip of, of the father playing basketball with his kid on his shoulders. I assume he's just stacking in the background in that, in that situation. Yeah. There was, there was only one edit requested out of the entire video from Brecky's first draft to his second draft. And it was like, it was that clip was what got subbed in. I was like, I just want somebody like doing something fun outside. Yes. Exactly. Well, it, it was a hard line to tow because, you know, most of us are stuck indoors and lockdowns, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, shit, I can't use videos of people out and about doing normal stuff or we're just going to look like assholes. So it's going to trigger everybody. Ricky. <laughs> you should have showed, I mean, you should have showed video from that uh, undercover fight club in New York in the Bronx. He's stacking. These guys are stacking. <laughs> <laughs> Just got like open dimes trading in the background. You're betting on who's going to win. Love it. Love it. Uh, I love it. Matt, what's your uh, block clock say behind you? What, what are we at? 18,442. All right, let's go. Let's go. Damn. So, Does it rotate or it's just set to, uh, to, to, the, to the price? Every time a new block comes in, it updates the price. Okay, but it doesn't show the block. It, no. it can. You can set it to show the block. You can though. set it to show whatever you want it to show. Right. Um, you only have you like the price there. My OCD. That, that's how my, you stay humble. My <laughs> OCD has decided that the way to use the block clock mini is to pick a stat and only have that stat update. You have to pick one. I, as far as I'm concerned, I can't have it rotate because it just it doesn't rotate quick enough. So uh, it, I, I pick one stat. That makes and sense. And it's usually either sats per dollar or just the, just the straight price per Bitcoin. It's, <laughs> it's one or the other. And I think if I did any other stat, I'd probably end up buying more clocks, which I think is Rodolfo's evil plan. Is that you just going to have, have like, them everywhere? <laughs> yeah, he just wants you to have like six clocks, seven clocks. So you track seven different stats. Stacking uh-huh. clocks. Uh, I want more block clocks to be honest, but I'd rather buy more Bitcoin. Like I, yeah, I, that's I, the one block clock is enough. But I, uh, I didn't get one. I've been this has been an internal, uh, real struggle, and I'm like, this is just a trick to get my Bitcoin. Rodolfo's a scammer, and he he has already taken enough of my Bitcoin <laughs> with this with all of his good quality products. This is just one step too far, <laughs> at least for now. Before with, and, uh, until we get to 100k, I'm 100 with you. 100. The, <laughs> the understated cool aspect of the block clock is if you're a big open dime user, 
It's mm-hmm. really fucking dope with the open dime because you can initialize you can it, it and it also shows the balance. Uh-huh. Um, so Perfectly. and you can fund it. It shows the balance. You can fund it and you can initialize it. So that's it's like a nice little open dime hub <clears throat> that also gives you a stat. Just imagine, imagine a nice a nice poker table, some private poker game. You know, and the dealer has like a block clock sitting there. Everyone comes down, throws <laughs> down their open dimes, <laughs> plug them in, exactly. check, check the amount, deal at the Rack. chips. Uh, Oh, Too wow. good. We got to do that. Hmm. All right. You know, I uh, this is a New York show, so I think we should we should talk a little bit about New York. And uh, I like putting Matt on the spot, but only for good reasons. Matt, can you uh, can you give the folks at home a little bit of an update on on what BitDevs New York is and kind of tell them about it and where they can find it and why they should give a shit and all those fun things? It's the single best meetup in Bitcoin meetup in the in the world that that sounds so fucking egotistical <laughs> it is though you know that's that's a fact that's not uh that's not my bias speaking if you ask people they tend to say that's the case um what's really cool is and and none of that credit goes to us you know uh the three of us have been have been to bit devs many times um but we have a great group of bitcoiners that coordinate it every month they've been doing it for years now and what's really cool is they basically inspired a bunch of people who have visited New York. And now there's bit devs. There's like sister bit devs all throughout the world in all these different cities. You know, you got London bit devs, you have SF bit devs, you have Boston bit devs. And one of the reasons they don't, I don't think they get enough credit is because they have a hard and fast rule, which I personally love that no pictures. No pictures, no videos. So you never see anything happen online. Uh, but once a month, a bunch of New Yorkers meet up. We talk about intense Bitcoin topics that are you know, way over everyone's head because I know 50%, 60% is over my head. So it's like, it's just completely over our heads. And then we go and get drinks afterwards and just have a really good time. It's, it's the best, but we haven't had it because of, of COVID. Uh, they just started back up in like in the park uh, instead of inside. Usually, you know, we obviously it's hosted inside. Usually we have beers, we have pizza, some nice New York slices, and we talk about Bitcoin. Hey, Matt, what kind of topics are covered at New York BitDev? Omar Sebek asks. Well, the main guy, I'm not going to say his name because he takes privacy very seriously, is a, he's heavy, heavy focus on privacy. So we talk about a lot of privacy things. We talk about like everything that, that you would imagine, like that, that we talk about on Bitcoin Twitter, but it happens once a month. And he basically brings up this whole list uh, of like important topics that we should cover. Uh, he releases it ahead of time so we can all get aware of it ahead of time. Um, it's just, it's just really fantastic. It's, it's, and, and when people visit, we, you know, we have so many people visit New York, they like always make sure to come to bit devs and usually during, uh, shitcoin week uh when when coindesk runs their consensus conference we have like the bit devs like i remember like the most uh the most recent one um which i guess was last year because this year's was canceled um like that it was dangerous like we had the talent (laughs) the bitcoin talent we had sitting in that room like it would have set Bitcoin back if something happened. I, I just kept looking at the door. I was like, if a gunman comes in here, we're just like fucked. Like I, I just like Bitcoin. Like that's the bearish case for Bitcoin. 
Bitcoin conferences. <laughs> but for real, but for real, but for real, you're gonna have to start getting some armed, you know, security at these kinds of meetups. I mean, this, you know, we're we're getting close to five thousand sats per dollar again. This thing's take take off. It's yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, right. People present. People developers will present on projects they're working on too, like lightning projects. Like I remember seeing Will O'Burn there when he was working on his <clears throat> lightning cool. browser thing, and that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And there was some chainalysis company that came in. <laughs> they they didn't know what they were coming into, though. That was a yeah, no, yeah. That was so fucking good. <laughs> you talked about that on the show. Was that I, I? I remember you talking about that, man. Was it? What was it? What was the name? It started with an E. It I wasn't elliptic. I wish I could remember. It was a smaller one, but he did not realize. He thought he was like ready to give his like regular blockchain VC pitch. And like he just like stumbled into a fucking <laughs> den of wolves. <laughs> and then there's also the um, I don't know is it still happening, but like the NYC Bitcoiners meetups is that when I went, I met Josh there uh, like a year and a half ago. I actually I did my uh, my book launch uh, at one of them, and everyone told me that I had to come to Bit Devs, and then I, I just didn't. They were like on Wednesday. I live like two hours away from the city, so it's so, not so easy to get like on a weekday or whatever. Bit Devs was first, um, mm-hmm. and that's once a month. Um, a bunch of us, you know, who are less technical, who Bit Devs just goes over our heads. Like we found out that we really enjoyed the drinks afterwards. <laughs> uh, so NYC Bitcoiners was created. That is just the drinks afterwards without the Bit Devs <laughs> in front of it, and then that that was. Um, I guess basically we had that happening twice a month so that if you included this, we had lightning, New York lightning meetup. Uh, I forget what we called it. Um, but it, that was like a fork of a fork. And that was the same idea drinks under the pretense that we were only going to talk about lightning. But it was, but a, it was a soft fork though. Too. Yeah, it, it was, was a bullshit. soft fork. <laughs> we basically cool with activating it. it yeah. Pre-Rona, pre-Rona, we were, the Bitcoiners in New York were meeting up like four times a month to just drink and talk about Bitcoin. And that's where the best conversations happen because, you know, you're, you're off the record. You're, it's not on the internet. No one has their phones out, you know, and everyone's getting trashed and having some good food. And it's just the best. I just, it was a golden age of Bitcoin drinking for sure. For sure. Hey guys, I think, uh, listen, I'm super excited about, like I said, uh, New York, this really like practically changes for me having it you know, personally and, and everything. So I think it's great. I do hear some uh, kids crying in the background. As you might know, I had a baby last week. So I, I'm, I'm going to hop off, but it's great to talk to you guys. Way to go, Swan team. Uh, always, always a pleasure. Matt, Brady, uh, uh, Bracky, Corey, and Josh. It's great to see you guys again. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you on the next one. Everyone in the chat, everyone in the chat, please write Mazel Tov all at once. Oh. <laughs> Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. L'chaim. L'chaim. All right. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks for inviting me. Talk to you later. Thanks, Rabbi. Peace. <laughs> Brecky, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm actually drinking the same as Corey. A little, little Suntory. Nice. It's, uh, what they, they have a nice deal on it at Costco. So. Is that Toki? <laughs> Say again? Is that Toki? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Mine's not a 21, a one out of 21, though. It's just a regular. (laughs) Nice. The Costco, the one they carry at Costco.
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so before we uh, we close up on the on the bit devs talk, I just wanted to uh, say a few more things about it. The other cool thing is that I think BitDevs does this, but they basically use the Socratic method, which is a really interesting way of learning about things where people ask questions. And, um, you know, like Matt said, <laughs> Matt, Matt, despite Matt not being so humble during this bull run, he is in fact quite humble about uh, his Bitcoin knowledge. He's a very smart guy. He understands a lot more than he's saying right now. Um, but when you go to these these events or you watch the, someone, sometimes you can watch the, um, watch videos online, not for New York, you know, you you end up learning a lot more than you think you do you would even if you have limited bitcoin knowledge like i've been to a couple and i was like shit i'm not going to understand a, a thing and then you walk away and because of the way they're structured you actually learn quite a bit and especially if you keep going so yeah, marty always jokes around uh that that the idea is you just keep going and you just hope that the information comes in through osmosis mm -hmm. just like it'll seep in some of it'll seep in it happened to me. I like I went to a few or not just bit devs, but I went to a few different of these like Bitcoin meetups and I went to another one and there was like a Q&A and like I found myself asking questions and afterwards I was like, holy shit, how did I, I didn't even know I knew those things. So it's a, uh, it's an interesting process and highly recommend it. This is the best. Hey, really quickly before we move on from this, you mentioned, you asked about the two separate groups. They've all kind of married. If anybody's a New Yorker and watches this video, Feel free to hit me up or DM me, and I can hook you up with those groups because we've all kind of we all kind of like meeting together now until COVID passes over. So, this is a support group now. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, that's kind of what they used to be, or at least like shitcoin meetups were back during the bear. You like I would try to go to a few of these meetups, and you you'd get there, and I was expecting like some good talk, and it was like no, it was just people commiserating about how, how heavy their shitcoin bags were. I was like, all right, I got to get out of here. This is not working for me. Yeah, that's that's not uplifting. That's not support right there. No, no, no. no. I mean, they say misery loves company, but uh, it's mostly just shitcoiners love company. So speaking of uh, of shitcoins, um, and by the way, everyone, we're going hopefully going to be having a new, another surprise guest joining us, so stay tuned. Um, I want to talk about a shitcoin, which is not usual for our show. And I'll, I'll do it in the form of a question for, for the New Yorkers. Matt laughs. You're going to like this one. You're going to like this one. Is Ray's Pizza a shitcoin? Discuss. And the second question, where's the best pizza in New York City? What about famous original Ray's before the forks? Wait, is, that, the, is, the, surprise, is the surprise guest Pomp who's going to come in here and defend Domino's? <laughs> Is that, is that what is that what about is about to happen here? I mean, going to have the Pizza Hut CEO in here while claiming to be a uh, an original raise maximalist. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, presenting Anthony Pompliano. Just kidding. For Jim. <laughs> That's better. What's up, Jim? Here's Jim. Wait, am I on? Okay, yeah, cool. What's up, guys? <laughs> well, no one's disappointed with any interruptions. <laughs> you're you're more of a bitcoiner than pomp although pomp is he's a he's a pretty good bitcoiner these days at least he's moving up moving up in the well, world thank you for that <laughs> jim we're talking yeah. about uh, about pizza in new york city i don't know if you have a preference matt still hasn't given us his uh, favorite i miss pizza i haven't had pizza in a year now um, i'm uh Trying to be extreme carnivore, and it's uh, it's one of those things. I used to eat pizza every single day, so I have lots of favorites. 
And for those have not seen Jim in person, he looks fucking amazing. Say that again. Sorry? For those of you that have not seen Jim in person, he looks fucking amazing. Oh, I, oh well, thanks. For the, he's rocking the carnivore diet hardcore. Uh, I had to. I was fat and out of shape and I couldn't surf. And I needed to change and it, it worked. So, yeah, it's amazing. Your name is Surfer Jim, so you know that 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 totally doesn't work. I'm glad you uh, you made the change. Back to surf. Well, you know, I, I wasn't such a good surfer for a while there because I was losing it and it kind of depressed me. So I needed to make a switch. And I'll tell you something: Bitcoin helped. <laughs> Bitcoin opened my eyes to a lot of reality. I ended up honestly part of my journey was uh, I ended up at a steak dinner with Safety and Pierre of City. Uh, I was told by someone on a podcast, follow people on Twitter if you want to get involved in this stuff. And I see a tweet from Pierre, and it was just an invite. And I said, can I come? And he was like, why not? And he didn't know who I even was. And, uh, you know, <laughs> then I was red-pilled on steak that night. Of course, I love steak anyway. And I was looking to feel better. And I just said, all right. And I start Googling stuff about that. And the info is out there. It's, it's out there on Bitcoin. It's out there on health. If you want to do the work, you can change your life. And Bitcoin helps for sure. Well, if I recall correctly, Pierre did some shitcoin KYC on that dinner. He like required social media handles and then he checked to make sure you weren't a shitcoiner before you. Well, he, I, I cleared it because it was, I was done with any shitcoining, which was very, very minimal, thankfully. I found smart people right away and I got, I got right out of anything shitcoin related. So I believe his, I believe his standard was shitcoin minimalist. <laughs> Yeah, I'm as minimal as they get. <laughs> Jay Horn, Roberta's is actually some pretty good pizza. I'll give it to you. Why Guys, the name of that place. Jim, yeah. no, Roberta's. And maybe in your in your previous pizza life, if you had a favorite, but I still need to hear it. Where's the best pizza in New York? Come on, Josh. Oh, whoa. There's oh, some, it depends on what kind of pizza you want, because some places make a Sicilian pie much better than a round pie. You know, then there's all these specialty pies if you're into something like that and you got to know where to go. <laughs> I had dozens of favorites and it would depend on where I was, what part of town, what part of Long yeah. Island. I was on Long Island. And then in the city, there was a handful that I that I liked. There, there was pro there's probably like dozens of Gino pizzas in New York, Gino's Pizza. And there's a couple that are freaking awesome, you know, but not everyone. <laughs> Um, my brother, who has lived out of state for most of his life, when he would come back to New York to visit, say, my mom, he would usually try to make a trip into New York City to his favorite pizzeria, was, which, of course, was Gino's. And it was on, uh, I don't know, uh, 8th Avenue or 10th Avenue, you know, downtown somewhere, I forget. He took me there, and it was awesome. Huge slices, super cheesy, definitely good pizza. Uh, you know, when you go out of state, he lives in California, I, I would go there and... Pizza didn't compare. Sorry, all 40 people. <laughs> We've got a lot of places out here that say like Brooklyn pizza, but it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's not the same. You know, you can't get the, like I'm talking New York pizza. Like you fold it, the grease drips down your hand a little bit, <laughs> lick it off your arm. It's delicious. Yeah, the <laughs> lick of the arm, the licking yeah. arm is like the, the New York pizza slice thing. That's such a New York move. Like you do lick your arm. That's so true. I've never thought about that. <laughs> you get it's that true. like red grease that like comes back and hits your arm and you're like drunk and you're like, I'm going to just lick <laughs> my arm right now. It seems like it's so, it's such the right thing to do at the time. But 
That's what I was going to say. The best, the best New York slice is the one that's on the corner at 2 a.m. When you're just working <laughs> at some random ass corner and there's a, there's a pretty good slice just sitting there. I don't even know how it happens. It doesn't matter what corner you're on. It's true. I remember the last time I went to New York, I had been a really long time and I hadn't had New York pizza in forever. And we were coming out of a club or whatever. It was like 2 a.m. I walk in. I'm at the counter. I look to my right. There's an ATM. And there's a guy doing cocaine off the ATM. And I'm just like, welcome to New York. You know, give me a pepperoni. <laughs> I went out and enjoyed my pizza. It was great. There's many a pizzeria on Long Island located near um, towns with several bars. And they would always be open 2, 3 in the morning for the after bar crowd. So you can always count on that. So, so I hear you, Matt. So my question then, before we move on, raise is it a shit coin? Are all those uh, those you know are they shit coins or no? Are they they good. The thing about raise is raise is like there's a million pizza joints with the name raise in the name. Yeah, and you just there's no like, and then and then half the pizza joints with the name raise in the name also have the word original. In the name, so it's like Ray's original or original Ray's or Ray's original pizza, and they're all different. They're all owned by different people, and so there's no like Ray's has this like iconic place in our minds. But as far as like some uniformity over the Ray's like franchise, I don't know that it exists. It might, but I just I've never seen it. It's just well, like the original Ray's, like the original Ray's, is like Bitcoin. And then all of the others are, are like people copying Bitcoin is what you're saying. Maybe, maybe, but I don't, who's knows? I don't know which one is the original one. I have no idea. I will right. say this though. My favorite pizza place in New York is Luke Holly's in Brooklyn. It's like this old school, like gangster place. And they get their pizza oven super hot, which I, what I think takes, it takes to make great pizza. And it's like unusually, it's unusual how fast it comes to your table. Like you order the pizza and the pizza's there in like five minutes. Like they put it in the oven and they pull it out in 90 seconds and it's on your pizza and it's like a pizza cracker. Yeah. It's really good. And re- recently I call it a gangster place. Cause like a year ago, like a gangster like got stabbed to death out front of it. <laughs> like an old school, like Italian mafia. There was like an old school, like Italian mafia hit in front of Bucali's. Man, that's that's some good pizza. My brother used to work at Pizza Oven for a couple of years. Super hot, wood-fired pizza oven. And his it, like he was just like slathering on lotion every day of his life for like three two straight years because it's just dried. I mean, it was standing next to a 700 degree fire for, you know, 10 yeah. hours a day. And but yeah, that pizza was good. If you have a commercial oven, it was my first job. If you have a commercial oven, you know, there's like 5 or 6 inches between the Yeah the two levels and what happens is they're deep so what you got to do as a pizza cook you got to like reach your arm in there and when you hit the bottom yeah you automatically go like this and you hit the oh, top shit. you never get one burn <laughs> you always get two burns you uh, like hit, hit the bottom and then hit the top and then pull your arm out so you, you my arms were always fucked up as a pizza uh, that's messed up man but still it's a fun job <laughs> well josh you're, you're a chef in your your day-to-day no I mean, pre-COVID, yes. <laughs> but that's not really working right now. But yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. how I pay my bills. That's fair. That's unbelievable. What are, you, what are you cooking for Thanksgiving, Josh? I'm all the, I'm all traditional stuff. 
nothing yeah. fancy. Just like turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing. I try to make them all well, but and I feel like that's the key, right? Like just to have like the thing that everybody else has, but better, right? Josh, you're like Matt, Matt O'Dell when it comes to talking about Bitcoin stuff. You're like, yeah, I try to cook it. It's probably going to not turn out very well. But meanwhile, you're like a <laughs> chef over there. So yeah, um, right. well, I don't believe a word you say. Stay right, come, on over. You come over. Come on over. I got Best steak I've ever had cooked by Josh. Best Hell yeah. Ever. No doubt sure. about that. That's oh, a some serious praise there. I got to say, I do love the, uh, the, the overlap of the cooking and Bitcoin communities. Like there's a great telegram group. If anybody wants, uh, wants in DM me and like, even like, I think he's uh, in the chat of Pardis. If you're around, you know, a bunch of us in Southern California, were like, we, we need some meat and we all got together and we're basically splitting a cow and it's, uh, I don't know, it's the community aspect is great. And we're all learning from each other and sharing recipes and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Food's yeah. a communal thing, man. It's like the original communal thing. You know, it's like food and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something you can talk to anyone about. Yeah. You know? In fact, in fact, one of my main red flags about meeting a person is when they can't talk about food. <laughs> You're just not a person. You're yeah. talking to a non-person. Yeah. 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 That's right. I, I live off soylent. That's all I eat. <laughs> I'm I'm, 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 I'm productive. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. I got past Josh's radar because I don't know much about food. And he's but you don't have to know much about food. You like, like, it doesn't, it's not about knowing about food. It's just about liking food, like having a food. Even if what you like is like Kraft mac and cheese, you know, just having some connection to like sustaining yourself. Yeah. Uh, and I love the food I eat and I love how it makes me feel. So there you yeah, go. Pretty I used to, um, I went through a phase where not that I had like disdain for food, but I like, I was busy with work or whatever. And I, I just started focusing on, on work and not on, on what I was eating. And I just kind of started thinking of it more as fuel than anything else. And I can't remember where I read it. Maybe it was sapiens or something like that. But, you know, when I started reading about how cooking is what kind of, allowed us to evolve into the humans we are that's when i I like had this newfound respect for for cooking as an art um fun little aside sorry about that but uh yeah cooking and eating eating is also an art cooking is the means to the end well can you can you dive into that because sometimes i just like shovel it into my mouth sometimes i close my eyes and (laughs) and uh, you know, give it the respect it deserves. But what is the art of eating? I think it's just like, uh, you know, looking for the special ingredient and enjoying. I'll give you an example. So I, I have always gone to this one farmer called Wilklow Farms. They're in New York. They're upstate somewhere. And this year their their peaches were just like perfect. I mean, they were like little, they were like, you know, the size of a lacrosse ball. <laughs> Whoever, I never played lacrosse, but I use it to rope. Like, Shout out Al's lacrosse. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I saw the farmer and I was like, you know, your peaches this year, like, they are so good. And he was like, he's like, I've been farming my entire life and they've never been this good. He's like, he's like, I, I don't know if they'll ever be this good again. You know, so it's like. You go and you get that guy's peaches and you just, your only choice is to enjoy them because you might not 
have a peach like that again in your life. <laughs> um, just according I can, I can to that, like to all that. he does is grow peaches and plums and nectarines and stuff like that. I mean, he just said it just, just has to do with the weather and when it rained, it rained a lot early. And so they fruited a lot and then it stopped raining. So all the fruit, fruit are like water balloons, you know, so they have a, a finite amount of flavor in them. And when it rains, they just fill up with water, which dilutes the flavor. So it stopped raining and the result was like this crazy flavorful small peach. Nice. Um, and it was just amazing. So I think that just like, I don't have to cook to enjoy that peach. I just have to find the peach, eat it. I mean, I, like, I love this, Josh. It's, it's like, it's something like orange, kind of like a round vibe, limited supply. <laughs> Never going to be anything like it. That's exactly right. That's awesome. you, know, you know, Corey, that was some low hanging fruit and I was going to grab it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> I see what you did there with the fruit. Good job. Nice. <laughs> All right. Come on, Matt. That was a good one. Give it to me. That was, that was fantastic. Very good. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was just thinking that I would subscribe to like a food service where like Josh sends me food and then, like, I listened to an accompanying podcast where, like, he explains to me why I should love Hell this yeah. food as I'm eating it. Hell like, yeah. I would startup. pay for that. Yeah. With Josh. With ASMR. ASMR. Where I'm, like, whispering into the microphone. This peach is unique in all of the history of my upstate New York farm. There's never been another peach like it. <laughs> and then you like rub the peach on the microphone. Listen. <laughs> oh man. Can I, can I take us in a straight left turn real quick? Uh, <laughs> Please do. Dude, these, the, I, I know allegedly we like compete or whatever, but like these new Joe Rogan uh, reader ads for Cash App that spend like four seconds on Cash App and then like two minutes on Bitcoin, just wildly bullish with perfect yeah. narratives. Mm-hmm. Are you freaking kidding me? It's, it's amazing. amazing. Where, where does he get these? Like, does Cash App give him this copy? Do you, Correct. Do you have any idea, Matt? Okay. Correct. Yeah. More so Cash App. Yeah. We. So it's like you, you know, and Marty and Danny and and Miles like writing we, copies. We, yeah. yeah, we we got in, you know, we got in through the through the money, and we made it happen. I mean, I, I the dream the dream is the dream is that that you know Joe actually starts you know living the lifestyle, right? Like we want him to actually, um, you know, believe in stacking sats. Like we want him to actually live it. But yeah. but this is the first step, and it's it's I think it's pretty massive. It's fucking massive. It's huge. He's getting there. He's getting there. I mean, he's had so many introductions to Bitcoin. The guy just covers so many topics all over the place that, like, I imagine it's hard for him to, you know, sit down and, you know, read an entire book, you know? But uh, it seems like it's right up his alley, so. It's perfect for him. But don't you guys feel like there's, like, an appeal of Bitcoin where... Peel? Was that another uh, fruit joke? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Bear with Pair with me. I, oh I guess there's as you go up as you go up the stairs of wealth, the richer people get, the less interested they are in Bitcoin, unless they really, really want to get richer. Um, and I, Joe Rogan is not the guy who's like pushing yeah. how to get richer. And well, he's I mean, shit ton of money. You don't, for rich people, for rich people, the argument isn't getting rich. 
for rich people, the argument will be wealth insurance. Protecting. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's like not, it's not big enough yet really for them. He's but, got a hundred million dollars. That argument dollar. will be very strong for rich people. It'll be, it'll be, you know, maintain your purchasing power. Yeah. yeah. And I agree with that 100%. I, I guess I just, Michael Thaler is super rare in that how, how rich he is, how quickly and with such vehemence he's like moved into the Bitcoin world and become a Bitcoiner. There's got to be a first, man. It's got to be like a first. To be, like, I'm not trying to d- diminish it, but but to be fair, right? Like he's on the lower end of billionaires, right? Like he's still a billionaire, like that's massive. But yeah. but I, I think you always see- Have like, fun staying poor, Michael. Bitcoin Bitcoin is usually adopted first by- by by not the not the like the sector leader right like yeah. you see like like venmo didn't adopt it first paypal didn't adopt it first cash app adopted it first right yeah um you know apple didn't adopt it microsoft adopted it right so like it's usually it's usually someone who's trying to like get an edge uh who, who's trying to make a name for themselves 100% on bitcoin did exactly yeah but i <laughs> and my matt to your point Joe Rogan is not someone trying to get an edge or make a name for themselves. Right. That's why I think that he is not yet on that boat, you know, though he could be pushing it to his listeners. And have that Sorry. Sorry, Josh. I mean, how, how many billionaires actually own Bitcoin? If you're just thinking about the U S so you got for sure, Druck, Chamath, PTJ, Sailor, Tyler, Cameron, Dorsey, Teal, Musk, like Musk, probably like six or seven other PayPal mafia. He's, he's got a quarter of Bitcoin. There's a bunch of Russian billionaires we've never heard of who also have Bitcoin. I'm just thinking about like the US only. So if the denominator is 540, which is supposedly the number of US billionaires. Are like, there billionaires? Got to be at least fifty billionaires. Got to be at least ten percent of the U.S. billionaires own Bitcoin already. Did you say Josh? The the Winklevoss twins. Yeah, he listed them. Okay. Yeah, they're I both they're billionaires, right? They yeah. should. I mean, if they, if they stopped from when they each got you know half a percent of the supply, they'd both <laughs> they'd each have two billion today. Right. So that doesn't really count, though, right? They, go they became billionaires because of Bitcoin. Does it does it count? But they also yeah. like didn't the they also draper. Get like 800 million from Facebook when it was worth $30 a share 80 million 80 million? 65 was the number of the settlement uh, yeah, did they get it as shares or did they get it as just money? they got it as shares yeah most of it okay, yeah. so. and they kept almost all of it in Facebook so they've made as, about think, as much I think that number went up then. it went way up yeah <laughs> they'd be billionaires in Facebook too just about almost yeah. Can I chime they're, in here? They're going to flip and Zuck. Yeah. What's up, Jim? Uh, I was thinking about, you know, what you guys are saying. That the uh, number go up technology is um, is very appealing when you hear about Bitcoin. And it's the people that need that most that pay attention closer. And so I think that's why the grassroots movement has taken hold uh, with without the billionaires. And they like all well, you guys just said, like they don't need it. Uh, and you know, and then somebody like Michael Saylor says, "Well, I, I don't mind having some more. But, you know, maybe I'll get in with a big chunk." Uh, but as plebs, 
you know, we're looking at this like, uh, wow, this could help out my future. And then you realize how important it is in so many other ways. And now it's just a lifestyle, you know, believing in something that can change humanity and help everybody on the planet, reduce wars, uh, you know, level the playing field for everyone. It's really way more than a, a good money, way more. So Let me ask, here's a question for you guys, actually, that someone posed to me recently and I, I had no I had no answer for him was where is the ceiling? Like if a billionaire wants to start buying a shit ton of Bitcoin, where is the ceiling at which they start hitting resistance? Like can you just can a billionaire buy a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin in OTC desks? I mean, Sailor bought three quarters of a mil- uh, billion, right? He bought half a billion for his company, and then he bought yeah. a quarter billion for himself. But we don't know how, right? I assume he's using OTC desks. But he, he talked about it. About, he talked about like, clicking buy all the time. <laughs> 80,000 80, transactions. 80,000 transactions. OTC. That doesn't and sound 80, like OTC. Yeah, we're doing it algorithmically. They, they, right. They yeah, that's true. It sounds like he was on Coinbase Pro or something, yeah. like dropping algorithmic trades in there, right? Just like small you actually little can, You can do both as well. You can get a you can get an interface into an OTC desk with, uh, with an execution button. But he also is under no obligation to tell us exactly what he did. And he could be telling like snippets of multiple stories. Right. Like he may have done 10% of the buy himself. You know, for all we know, on normal on normie exchanges, and the rest went through Genesis or Jumper or whatever. We don't know. So, Corey, he doesn't have an account with Swan Bitcoin. Mike is uh, is not a Swan Bitcoin member, but uh, yeah, we'll, you can we'll get him there. We'll get him over the line. Yeah, no, I know we got it. We got it. Mike, if you're yeah. use SwanBitcoin.com slash. <laughs> well, you'll get ten dollars of free Bitcoin. Mike. <laughs> did have something fun happen, which is very sort of uh, you know sailor esque, which is we we put up. Uh, self-serve wires without actually having to like email Jan to help uh, last week. And uh, we just found out evidently we weren't tracking them correctly in the dashboard, but we had two separate wires of like 380 and 250 go through with nobody touching anything. Um, so that's pretty neat. Big wires coming through like that. Nice. Yeah, that is awesome. So if Michael signed up and, and set up like $100,000 daily buys, could you guys handle that? Yeah, that wouldn't be a problem. If he was trying to do like $10 million daily buys, we'd need some real hand-holding. Yeah. Uh, even like million-dollar daily buys wouldn't be a big deal. Oh, that's cool. So if anyone's in the chat and you want to set up a million-dollar buy. <laughs> daily. Corey a DM. Daily. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got $365 million. You just – yeah. Hey, Partis said he just Partis is going to write in the chat right now that he's signing up for million dollar daily buys. He's been selling a lot of those BTC pens. <laughs> it's a bull market in BTC pens. <laughs> you know what? I was I was thinking about this today as I and I I was thinking about this. It occurred to me, Brecky, when during the basketball scene of your video, mm. it was that like I just don't <laughs> like the color orange that much. <laughs> and it doesn't go with anything that I fucking own. I'm like, I want to buy a Bitcoin paraphernalia, but like, where do I put it? I just put it in a box in the basement because like orange doesn't belong anywhere in my house. Yeah. I mean, 
that's the thing. I've come to love it, but uh, it is a very jarring color. But uh, it's more in relation to other colors. Like you pair orange with a nice blue, you know, whatever's opposite on the color wheel. I forget. Yeah, yeah. What is the opposite color? Uh, Red and yellow. So it is blue. Orange goes nicely with light blue. Blue. Doesn't matter. We we took a more conservative approach with the swan colors. We uh, I, I found a poll that said which was like the the best colors of NFL team uniforms, basically like as chosen by designers or some poll or something. Yeah. And you know, to my surprise, it was my hometown team, and I kind of suspected it would be, but basically, designers <laughs> love the Seahawks colors. And so we, uh, I went and found the hex codes of the Seahawks colors, and and we used the exact same colors for Swan. Nice. Damn, I've, I've not, I've not heard this story. Yeah, you're wearing Seahawks right there, Mr. Chiefs fan. That's a Seahawks hat right there. Down, down. 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 Swan first, baby. Swan first. Hey, Corey, can we do uh, one million Venezuelan Boulevard daily buys? Is that possible? Probably. That might actually be under our daily minimum, though. Uh, <laughs> so what is the what is the min and max for like a, a non-Michael Saylor user? So, yeah, I think via via ACH right now, we're at a minimum 10 bucks a day uh, max. It it could also be 10 bucks a week or 10 bucks a month. Um, And then I think our max right now is either 30 or 35 K a week. So the min is based on per purchase and the max is per week. Yeah. Uh, But you can wire in as well. That's ACH. So. Yeah, we've had seven-figure wires come in. That's, that's the wires are separate. Wires, wires versus ACH. Yeah, the wires ACH no maximum is thirty-five k a week, and then wires is unlimited. And soon we'll have uh, smash buys. What's the reasoning for that? The difference between the wire and the ACH fraud. Uh, well, the banks have ACH limits. Ah, okay. Yeah, so actually, almost nobody can ACH more than like ten grand out. Unless who they're wiring to has like a special relationship with the bank. So that's something that like Coinbase has done bank by bank is they've gotten special, special permission to let people use internal ACH bank transfers for like large amounts of money. So by default, you can't send a Bitcoin's worth of fiat via ACH. (laughs) That's by default true for almost everybody. That's pretty crazy. That's, That's understated crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Talked about that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah understated is the new low key. I like that. That's understated crazy. <laughs> understated crazy. Wait a second. Recky, what were you saying about smash buys? That they're coming, but they can't come soon enough. And then I was also going to do this. Does that mean I can just get a button <laughs> and buy it when I see the price drop or something? Exactly. So uh, we have- You'll be able to well. We're not officially calling them smash buys, but you'll be able to smash whatever. Buy now, buy now. Do you get like a special yeah. button that connects to Wi-Fi that you can just press the button and it buys? Huh. <laughs> no, that's a great idea. Like like those Amazon buttons. Yeah, like easy button. Do you, you see what Francis was talking about a couple months ago? He was talking about a a knob, like a physical knob. If you sold, well, he was talking about it with bull Bitcoin. But if you sold a physical knob that mm-hmm. connected to Wi-Fi, and then I can dial up or dial down my dollar cost averaging like based on how I was feeling on the knob physically like that'd be fucking dope that it's would be fucking dope a thermostat yeah <laughs> a nest nest device well, yeah on the roadmap we, our formula buys 
eventually, which will be interesting. And I think we're going to, we can't share too much about that yet, but uh, you can't say every, every, every time Matt tweets, I'm trying to stay humble, but it's, you, you, know, you, sell, you sell a piece of your Bitcoin. You know, I think, I think what we're learning is like, I think what we're learning is that there needs to be like a toxic maximalist mode for the Swan site where you toggle it. And then every single word that can be changed changes. And like the quotes that are chosen goes from like, you know, Druckenmiller to like, you know, fuck shit coins or something like that. <laughs> this then, idea. Yeah. Buy instead of one time buy and all those different things. You know, it's like a Bitcoin TV network versus TV. Like they're two like very that. different things, but it's the same thing. Can I throw out talk about that? I think it would be, I think it would be awesome. Choose your own marketing. <laughs> if you guys have like a game where like you guys, we were having a conversation like this and it was like a drinking game, but it was also a stacking sets game where like every time someone says the word orange, you take a shot. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> you take a shot and like people stack 10,000 sets. And you can like turn that on before you can have some like keywords before the conversation starts. And every time someone says them in during the conversation, whoever checked the word orange automatically starts ten thousand stats. I feel like this is something the uh, the Sphinx team needs to start working on. They could definitely build it in where like you're listening to TFTC, and every time Marty says something, you know, you get a notification that you have to drink and uh, hmm. There's an idea here. I'm going to think about it. I mean, you got to be careful, right? Like, if you let us know what the bingo board is, we're just going to fuck with you. <laughs> that, that's, that's the big issue. If you set up an algorithmic buy that has to do with my tweets, I'm going to make sure you stack all the fucking sats. <laughs> so then you make, you make some public words. You make, you make some words public, right? And then the speakers know what those public words are. And they're more risky because we know. And then you take some other words and you make them not as risky, but keep them secret. Interesting. Hmm. Josh, okay. we, need to, we need to get Josh in to consult on this, <laughs> apparently. All right. Let's have like an hour conversation and be like, people get really drunk and stack a bunch of sets in like the course of an hour. And Matt, we were doing it last year and Matt jinxed us, if I remember correctly. What did I jinx? Remember we were all on the rooftop and uh, you told everyone to buy something like that. Yes, we all we all did a market stack um, at the local top, which is about $6,000 less than it currently is. So you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, uh, gentlemen, we might be getting to around that time. Although every time I say this, Corey keeps the show going. So oh, we're going to keep going for a little while. We got way too much fun to talk about. What are you talking about? What you say is like guests. If you want to leave, this is your opportunity. Otherwise, you're here for a little while longer. Yeah, I'm going to go. In that case, I'm going to go grab some more whiskey, and I'll be right back. All right, that's a good that's idea. The, that's that's the Bitcoiners' move right there. I'm going to do that too, but I'll wait till Josh is back. <laughs> one in, one out. One in, one out. I love it. Um, man, so many fun things to be bullish about, you guys. Let's you talk Bitcoin, Bitcoin TV. I love Bitcoin TV. Let's do it. We're going to be adding more content. And uh, y'all know that I love putting Matt on the spot, so I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to say, Matt, where is the video I asked you for? You and Marty need to do a one-hour, one-on-one 
talking about Bitcoin, your journey into Bitcoin and helping you know, new coiners and pre-coiners understand Bitcoin. And then we're going to put it on Bitcoin TV. But I can't it's do that. a very good idea. Unless you make the video. You know what I realized? Last time I was on Swan Lounge was about a week before you launched Bitcoin TV. Mm-hmm. And you asked me to start making, on, on air, you asked me to start making more video content. And you didn't tell me why. And that was because you were being a, a little, <laughs> little bit shysty there. Oh, damn. It's, it's all for Bitcoin, all right? You're like, the people want it. The people desire it. They want more video content. I've been hearing from the freaks. They, they want you guys to do videos. They want to do all this stuff. And then, boom, a week later, you, I, I see exactly what the motive was. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to need it, man. We need it. <laughs> so yeah. If Marty doesn't want to do it, we can do the Matt show, okay? We can do that, too. No, I do like your idea in terms of, like, uh, like a, a non like RHR episode, just like an introduction episode to Bitcoin where we just like kind of riff and like an evergreen show. I mean, so I, I don't just, know anything about Bitcoin, so I need it. Okay. Um, personally. But I mean, for RHR, I mean, I, I kind of just love the like the rawness of audio only. Like I just, I, there's something about it that I just, I can't, I can't get over. And And to be honest, you know, I think it's pretty fucking crazy that we did it every week for over two years now. It's amazing, um, man. And I don't know if that would have happened if it was a video. Like, you should have seen what me and Marty look like for some of those episodes. <laughs> you couldn't. You had to imagine. Yeah, you, you had to just visualize it. You sounded good. You sounded good. And that's what mattered. And by the way, like, all due respect and massive props for RHR, man. It is such a service to the community. It is like, you know, you, you get to a point where you like you've, you know, three years plus into Bitcoin and you've like soaked it all up. And so you kind of start winding down on your Bitcoin podcast addiction. But RHR will always be there no matter what. It's a must listen forever. It's the shit, man. I love it. Cheers. Kind of sucks. You can never stop now. Like, even if you want to. <laughs> my lady asked me if I was going to record on my my wedding week. I was like, I don't know. We'll we'll address it when it happens. <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm sure Marty's going to be there, and you guys going to record it live at the reception. There you go. <laughs> yeah, live TFTC on stage. That would be good. Tux's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Marty's Marty's toast is a T is an RHR. Toast <laughs> <laughs> is like um fucking ad read. Stonks with cash app. Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hey Greg, uh, you guys running that thing twenty four seven, right? You got continuous content. On we Twitter. are. We are. We. Uh, it's tuned in several times, but I wasn't sure if some of them might be live. Is, is it ever live? And is there a is there an ability to choose different content, like channels? So if you want to choose different content, what you're going to do is go to YouTube.com and search for the content you want. But uh, sorry, bad joke. For now, it's it's there's no live content. It's on a loop for now. Um, but as we build it out down the road, I'm hoping that we can we can do that and uh, plan lineups based on days and you know have like Saturday morning cartoons and like super cosmic, uh, you know late night content, things like that. And uh, hopefully by the end of this week, we're going to have even more content. We're going to have a whole new uh, UX as well. So, oh, Josh is back. Nice. All right. 
Yeah, I mean, well, that's the dream, right? Where you have like right now, like Swan Lounge, us would be like live on Bitcoin TV and then it would go back to scheduled programming. Exactly, exactly. Have it slot right in there. So, and, and what, did I read correctly that like the, you're going to have an app on Roku and a couple other platforms? Is that, is that the plan? Yeah, our, our plan is to go Pluto, Roku, Samsung, and then What's the rest Pluto? of them. Pluto TV has been out for a while. They got bought by Viacom last year for like 350 mil. Um, but they're just like a, a, a lean back, you know, hundred channels, super high speed, uh, all linear. But, uh, yeah, they, they've got a lot of good stuff on there. At first I thought it was just like a nonchalant moon reference. You're like, yeah, we're just going to go to Pluto. Go to Pluto. It's like the farthest moon in the solar yeah. system. Yeah. Um, if you go like Pluto.tv or, or on, uh, any smart TV, Pluto is one of the apps you can load, and it's kind of like a free cable. Oh, awesome. Yeah, but they're, they're old friends of mine. I used to advise them. And um, same thing with, uh, with Roku. Their CMO is an investor in some of my other companies. So I think we have a, a good bet at getting on both of those platforms pretty quick. We, uh, I mean, YouTube, YouTube's the juggernaut. Like every single TV has YouTube support. And the okay. only issue is um, you could just get deplatformed at any moment. But as long as that doesn't happen, like all you really need, like YouTube is, is in, is in every TV in the world has YouTube. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we learned an early lesson that as long as you don't have Francis and Pierre on the same show, <laughs> your channel's probably safe. But within seconds of posting the placeholder link of having those two guys on a show in March, YouTube banned our Swan Bitcoin channel, which is why we do Swan Signal now. Yeah, well, that's we interesting. Were- so you have been banned from YouTube already. Yeah, yeah, we got next like two weeks before launching the freaking company. I think it's, it's, it's youtube.com slash swan signal and not swan bitcoin. There, it still exists, but it's. Uh, yeah. we they gave it back to us after like five months with no explanation whatsoever. And, you know, after filing it. multiple denied appeals. We never got it back. We don't have it. I, I thought we do have it now. YouTube.com slash swan bitcoin is still in jail. And it was like our fourth episode. And I went, I just went to schedule the Pierre and Francis episode. We're going to broadcast live We're, you know, it's going to be a great one. And within five minutes of, of clicking that schedule link, I got an email. You got a strike. You got a strike. Uh, but it's okay. It's okay. You're fine. You have two more strikes. Here's what you can do to remove your strike or whatever. An hour later, your, your channel's gone. Your channel is gone. There's no way to recover it. Don't even try. Basically, it said don't even try to appeal. Um, it was, it was like harshly worded. It was like mean. And, and I was just like, you know, it was right before we launched, we had just started Swan Signal live. And I was just like, what, Corey, what are we, what is going on here, man? I swear I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Start another one. <laughs> Lost our channel. It's back by the way. It's there. It has like three or four videos it- on there. It has like our very first Swan Signal. Yeah, with, you have that uh, Obama video is up there still. Yes, it is back. The yeah, that one's probably awesome. there. Why is that? Like, I know those guys love to argue, but like, is there something that something about them that Google that triggers the Google algorithm or what's uh, it, the, the show title had COVID in the title? Uh, yeah, we've been blaming Pierre and Francis, but it was really that the show title had COVID and the it truth well. comes out. That makes it a different story a little bit. The, they didn't have COVID. The, the title was just Pierre Richard and Francis Puglio episode four that's all, that's that's all it was is that I all it was that's Maybe. all it was. okay i it was I, I feel like francis was on some kind of list i don't know i feel i feel like that might be the case just his name he's on a canadian watch or it was just some random 
Do they you know, scan the content somehow, like the voiceover or something to pick out words? Or? It hadn't, it hadn't been posted yet. It was a placeholder. It was just the title. Oh. So it was his name. That's ridiculous. No wonder he's in the jungle. Before we move on, by the way, I want to bring back this quote because it resonates with me as well. Jay Horn, RHR saved my bags, possibly my soul. 100% right. If you're not listening to RHR and yeah. Crypt also, go listen. It's the reason I'm a Bitcoiner and I think many, many others. So, True. Matt, thank you. Yeah, Matt, there's always going to be room for your type of content. You guys are up on the technology, uh, the news, and folks like us need need that content so we can stay up on it and help disseminate it to the people who trust us, uh, you know, want to listen to us. I got a lot of normies are finally getting back to me after years of trying to pound on them. And it's good to have answers that they can verify. And I trust you guys to do, do your homework and then report accurately. And, and I, I appreciate it very much. Cheers. I mean, we appreciate you all. Well, I, I definitely do. And I, I'd speak for Marty and say that he does as well. And I, I would just like to remind all the listeners that when I first met Brecky, he was crypto Brecky, not Bitcoin Brecky. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I was a shit. When I first started listening to Matt and Marty. I was a shitcoin fund manager. Yep. Cheers. You can so, change. Everyone thank you guys. I appreciate it. It is actually inexcusable to go the other direction, though. <laughs> How does that happen? Yes, I don't understand that one. I owned Ethereum and Litecoin on Coinbase. Never took it home with me, and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, hmm. a lot of OGs went that way, though you know. It's true. That's true. Went that way. They want yeah. the fiat gains. I, I think some of them realize, you know, they they got to get back to Bitcoin sometime, and they're going for the fiat gains. I think. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think they were going for the Bitcoin gains. I mean, a lot of, like, I almost have more respect for like a, like a shit corner that believes the shit they say, right? Like, there's some ETH promoters like that are just straight ETH bag holders. They actually believe that ETH is better money than Bitcoin. Um, that's better. I, that feels better to me than someone who goes out and shills a shit coin, but really has like 90% of, of their, of their worth is in Bitcoin. And they're just trying to accumulate more Bitcoin. They're just, they're yeah. being, they're intentionally misleading people to have more Bitcoin. And that that's probably the overwhelming majority of people. And then you just have the suckers that are, that actually believe the shit they're saying. Um, which is like almost more forgivable. They, I just like kind of pitied them. Yeah, you can't get mad if they just are really convinced or haven't done the homework. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Those people that are purposefully trying to fool others to get more Bitcoin is, is more Bitcoin or more dollars to turn them into Bitcoin, whatever whatever the case may be. That's not right. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's understandable. Like that's that's how I was. Like. I was just excited by everything I saw in crypto. I was like, wow, this is so new. And I hadn't done the deep dive on, on anything really, you know, like I was just chilling things left and right that I thought were interesting, but I still hadn't done the Bitcoin dive. I think that's where a lot of people don't, you know, it's where they screw up and that's what we're, we're trying to prevent over here. Yeah. But blockchain and Morty was fucking fantastic. No doubt. I'm, I am going to do another one, but when I do, it's going to be the reboot and it'll be called Bitcoin and Morty. There we go. And, uh, but I'm waiting for a good reason. I need like, something's got to go down, something big, something that I need to satirize. 
So uh, I remember when I first found it, and I was like, "Damn, I really like what the shit corner's doing," but I just can't <laughs> can't bring myself around to it yet. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, if you watch them from start to finish, you can actually—it's kind of like a yes, a visual diary of me becoming a Bitcoiner. You see yeah. the progression, hundred yeah. percent. You see the progression. So, can we just hit pause for a second because, Brecky, you just said. In November of 2020, I just need for something big to happen. <laughs> that's true. Uh, uh, that's yeah, what I was thinking. All too. we've had is a year of huge happenings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about orange open dimes, really. That's all. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was a very big deal. The uh, orange open dimes are, are, when I say stunning, I mean they are beautiful. They are works of art. Groundbreaking. I saw you over the shoulder there pointing. <laughs> oh, were you pointing to an orange open dime? Oh, I was put. I think the block clock. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the block clock's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm the block clock and the orange open dimes are just they're match mates in heaven. They're good together. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty satisfied with my block clock. But I mean, I think we. You know, 2020 isn't going to be the year for like a massive Bitcoin uh, event. You know, this is just, you know, we're like kind of in the told you so period, you know, before like mainstream comes in for this cycle. And then they're going to all say it's dead again. And then we rinse and repeat and the whole thing, you know, happens again. So at least it's only about a four year cycle. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think we're in uncharted territories. Like we, the, the, we might have the same kind of cycles we saw before, or, you know, we might just keep going up and up. I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, we have to go 20x from 20k to be uncharted territory. <laughs> so what is? So what is that? That's 400k, right? Are you saying that as a proportion to the last? Oh, well, we went uh, from a thousand dollars to 20k last cycle, right? Okay, right. Yeah, that's 20x. All right. So from that position, I got you. So, like, I don't know if we go above 400k. I mean, I don't really fucking give a shit, right? Like, I'm cool with 200k. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think from the, from the trough, from the trough, it went from 180, and that was a daily close. The intraday was actually 159. That was the absolute bearish, worst bearish. Right. Day. The last cycle. Right, one fifty nine to nineteen seven eighty three. Right, I remember that because I was I was sitting in the corner of of my office, just like crying to myself, asking myself why. Well, what did I do? What did I do with my money? Right. <laughs> so that was that was one hundred and twenty four x. That's crazy. So one hundred and twenty four x times what thirty one fifty was the trough, December eighteen. Did we go that low? Yeah. I Wait. know. I bought. <laughs> when, so, when was yeah, that? Was yeah, that yeah. 124x. Yeah, yeah. Dark days, my friend. So, Wait, so are you? Did you multiply? All it? What I had did we was get to? Whiskey and fucking TFTC and <laughs> what did we get to? Standard hard copy. Wait, at least we had Game of Thrones back then. We did have that, <laughs> but it was the worst season. But but they just went hand in hand. But anyway. I just did the math. I ran the numbers, and uh, 124x is uh, is 391.927. Okay, so look, that's the same thing as 20 times 20. 
It sure is. It's a roundabout way to fucking do it. Dude, we ran it both ways, though. (laughs) Two different things. It's starting starting to feel like it's just freaking meant to be. Maybe this is already priced in, though. (laughs) I think this knowledge is now priced in. Demand has nothing to do with it. Everybody stop educating, stop marketing. It's purely purely just TA calculations, and it's just going to happen without any of your efforts. Just give up. It's programmed. It was written. It's programmed. I have spoken. <laughs> I mean, it is going to happen. It is going to happen. It is going to happen. It's all. It's all a matter it's of. I mean, it's, it's a bunch of talk about dates. That's about it. That's it. Uh, it's the, the the truth shall prevail, right? At some point in time, who knows how long it's going to take. The truth machine. All right, work. I want to talk about. I want to talk about Hal's Highway. I saw a map with a, a race, something going on. What, what's uh, should, it, should it be a race or should we just try to like shove it through the California legislature and just like get it covered? But basically it happens to be exactly a hundred miles from the 210 exit at Temple City, right by Pasadena, where Hal and, you know, fakes Toshi Nakamoto lived mm-hmm. a few blocks from each other to Santa Barbara, where Hal basically lived out the last year of his life. So you basically go 210 to 101. It's a straight shot, east, west, 100 miles. You could do like 100 mile bike races, 100 mile ultra marathons, 100 mile like drag races or whatever, rally cars. And you could call it Hal's Highway. And perhaps the best side effect of all of this is it would go directly straight through the center of Brad Sherman's district. <laughs> the best he's the best bitcoin promoter we have in congress yes, he is. he's, he's, he's he, are like, he yeah, truly he gets it he truly yeah. gets it you think that wait hold on hold on you think like uh so the way the capitol building works in, in dc there's the senate on one side and then there's the, the house on the other you and like everyone's like all these senators are always like passing each other in the rotunda you think like brad at, passes Cynthia Lummis and like get dirty looks from her or gives her dirty looks. I feel like that's got to happen. It had to have happened. Well, she did. She just got in. So she, she it hasn't happened been yet. Yeah. I'm pretty but, sure that it's fist bump, but it, it will happen. And I, you better believe she's going to call him out because like, she's a true, she's the true deal. She's the real deal. I would actually just ask Parker in DMS uh, earlier today. If, if she, if he could put me in contact with her because I want to get her on Swan Signal live. And he was just telling me he was like, "Oh, well, she's going to come by the office pretty soon, I guess, by the Unchained office, and uh, and, and she's they're going to sit down and talk Bitcoin for a while <laughs> with the Unchained crew. Like she was coming by the office to talk about Bitcoin with the Unchained crew to get more educated. I mean, she's she's the real deal. She's a Bitcoiner. We have a true Bitcoiner in 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 the Senate. That's pretty awesome. I mean, her son-in-law works for Unchained. I know, but they but she was coming there not to just see her son-in-law. She was coming there to talk about Bitcoin." With yeah, I mean, I think that's a plus. That's not a. I'm not. That that wasn't a negative. I no. I know. I know. It's a big plus. It's a big plus. No, she's a real bitcoiner. She like controls her own keys and shit. It's amazing. Well, uh, so this, what's the deal with this house highway? Are you adopting the highway, and naming it after him, or is there's going to be like events? You want to host events that are on this stretch of highway, or we're just manifesting it here. Had the idea yesterday, started talking about it. I think it should be true. I don't need anything other than for it to actually happen and exist. <laughs> just put it out there in the universe. Yeah, it's just it's just too perfect. It's just too perfect that it happens to be exactly a hundred miles. Uh, between those two places and that he went back and forth so much between the two and there's just so much history there that i think will be important for hundreds of years if not millennia 
and if not and, galactically. <laughs> for real, right? And and to Jim's point, like he was a runner too, so it could be like an ultra marathon, hundred mile right. race. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. You guys should just do like a Bitcoiner walk and raise money, like walk Hal's Highway. And yeah, I mean, tough, tough to walk on those highways. So you got to like get a few. Well, I like what the Trump guys are doing with the like the pickup truck rallies where they're driving around. I just adopt that the other day. This guy in a pickup truck had a freaking like these lights must have been illegal. They were as bright as the sun. I'm driving down a, a street in L.A. I'm blinded. I have to look away. I almost crash. And then when my when the light passes me, I look and it's a pickup truck with ten foot Trump Trump flags, and it was right. So that, but with Bitcoin flags driving on House Highway. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Honking their horn. Yeah, it's for charity. If society ever decides, true patriots. Right. If society ever decides to honor patriots again, instead of tearing down statues of some patriots, maybe uh, you know you get enough people using Bitcoin would support it for sure. Uh, see the value of uh, honoring a man who helped out quite a bit. Well, I mean, hopefully, I mean, eventually you won't be able to drive on that portion of the highway without paying your toll in Bitcoin. It's Please. just a question of how long that's going to take. Hey guys, really quickly, can I, I want to plug my reference really quickly because I want to tell you guys one of my goals with, with uh, Bitcoin donating. Yeah. So I have my ref link. Anybody that uses it, the money will go towards Scholarship Plus, which puts NYC's uh, kids through college, and it kind of focuses more on helping them with navigating colleges, just kind of like doing your laundry and getting yourself fed as much as it does paying for college, um, which is a big problem for a lot of like first generation kids. Kids who are the first generation of their family attending college. Um, and eventually what I want to do is get a scholarship set up, paid for in Bitcoin at this organization that helps kids learn Bitcoin and work and graduate and work in the industry. Nice. I, my pitch needs some work. <laughs> hey, can I give you a suggestion? What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see uh, college in the future being... Um, a handful of really, really smart peoples out, out there in the world that have millions of students online uh, that don't travel to an actual college anymore. And Michael Saylor's got a ton of content for free already. And uh, if you were to help get people the equipment they need or the resources they need to get online and learn stuff and not spend a lot of money actually going to college and start college when they're in grade school or high school, with courses that interest them that are already out there online and promote that, link that together, build a website that connects four people anywhere in the world to content in multiple languages that's already available. You know, forget about paying these universities and making these other people rich that are just feeding them a bunch of left-wing bullcrap. That, that'd be my approach if I was involved. Yeah, I agree with you. That is a gigantic undertaking in and of itself where this yeah. organization your idea is a gigantic undertaking, so you can do it. Yeah. So we've got two important questions in the chat. Uh, I'm going to start with the more important question. Uh, do you have a bidet yet? Uh, and the answer, at least my answer, is yes. I got one at the beginning of the pandemic, one of those uh, bidet attachments, so I could save money on toilet paper and stack more sats. Highly recommend. <laughs> 
And you're not affected by the shortage either. By, yeah. by attachment, do you mean like the, the one where you like turn on the jet basically? There's a, there's a knob and actually you, 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 un, you take your, your seat off the toilet, you okay. attach the, the uh, bidet attachment, then you put yeah. the seat back on top and uh, you're good to go. It's not heated though. It's not heated. Which so is yeah. so that's, how is it different from a Japanese toilet? It's cheap as fuck. You just add it onto any toilet. Yeah, it's like forty bucks online. It's, it's like the shit coin of bidets. It's like an outhouse compared to a Japanese toilet. It is, but I used Fold and bought it on Amazon. So it's I a little plastic that. tube that you connect onto any toilet. That's what you what you want is the handheld, which some people in Europe they call it a bum gun. Um, <laughs> basically, I just call it an ETH wash. <laughs> anyway, you just you just squeeze it with your thumb and you can totally control it because it's just like a it's like a hose that you control and you don't have to like be in the exact right spot. Uh, anyway. Anyway, someone asked if bidets are chairs. Bidets aren't chairs. They're not chairs. They're not as much of a scam. As bidets are great. Like a, a bidet is a is a low time preference investment. It's true. So Ricky, do you like that thing? Um, I do. It's not perfect. Like I think I, in hindsight, I should have splurged for a slightly higher end model. But uh, you, know. you bought the shit coin. Yeah, my phone is a lot cleaner than it used to be. I guess you know. So we're good. I have to say, after spending some time in Japan, I was. That's what actually. That's that's what that's when I when I got it. I came back from Japan. And I was like, they know what's up. Yeah, it's, I mean. When you get that shit is warm and it's like a it's like a video game controller by the toilet and you can just control it. And it's you can amazing. play Mario. It's great. Yeah, but those toilets cost like two million sats. Like those are expensive fucking toilets. Like twenty million sats. Worth it. They cost like two thousand dollars, right? Yeah, but like $3, the less time you spend on the toilet, the more time you can spend accumulating sats. Yeah. Or at least, or at least tweeting about Bitcoin anyway. Those or Japanese toilets are fucking insane. Yeah. Well, no, Brady, I do most of my Bitcoin tweeting on the toilet. So uh, he, get a heated seat. Maybe that's the next the next step. I'm sure everybody's guilty of a little toilet tweeting. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about our most famous toilet tweeter. Um, one other question. We were kind of talking about it before, but I, I, I think it's so important to kind of hammer this home. Is How many of you guys on screen was a shit coiner back in the days before you only went Bitcoin, what was the turning point? Matt, let's start with you. <laughs> um, Josh just quit immediately. I love <laughs> that. Come out. Smart man. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I've dabbled in shit coins back in, back in my early days. I, I think the important thing is that you should be like a proper shit coiner, right? Like I ran like shit coin notes. Like, like I, I think you should like control your own shitcoin keys. You should run your own shitcoin node. Like, do it, do it right. Don't just, don't just leave, leave your shitcoins on exchanges. I think, I think. Look, I think that honestly, like all, all jokes aside, like a lot of people go through that phase, and it completely makes sense, especially if you're coming from the tech side. Um, the, the bigger issue I have is if, if you're actually actively shilling it, um, and, and. And not disclosing the trade-offs and, and whatnot from that angle. Um, if you know, if you're just playing around, like that, that's what a lot of us did in the beginning when we first learned. Totally. And you get burned. You just get fucking. You get burned. You. That's the thing, though. If you're a proper shit corner and you like actually run your own node and shit, you learn really quickly why Bitcoin is so valuable. 
like right away. If you leave it on on an exchange, you won't you won't learn as as quickly. Oh, he's back. All right. Wait a now second. you have to ask him next because he tried to dodge the question. <laughs> Is that what happened, Josh? You tried dodging the question there. Oh man, I wish that was the case. What's the question? The question was, hold on a second. Let me get the, the particulars. Uh, I've lost. Basically, did you fall down the shitcoin rabbit hole first? And how did you climb out? What was the turning point? When did you have your Bitcoin realization? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what did it for me. I started by buying Bitcoin and then I like shifted into some uh, shitcoinery via a buddy who was like heavy into Tezos from like the early days, right? And then from, and around that time I was trying to learn coding and uh, I started at the top of cryptocurrencies and then just kind of scaled back until I found, found like the most dumbed down retarded cryptocurrency where like devs would actually talk to me <laughs> and help me through prob problems. And that, and that, Cryptocurrency was Turtle Coin. What is <laughs> a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? In <laughs> I totally. If I if I had known about that, I would have bought the shit out of it. But did you run your own node? <laughs> so the whole thing was. Like, did the Turtle Coin node have a have a node shell from Crypto Cloaks? Dude, it had. They had everything. They had everything. <laughs> It, it's some sort of like I don't think it's a spinoff of it's not a spinoff of uh, it's not a fork of Monero. It might be a what is Monero a fork of? It's like is it a fork of Digibyte? Bitcoin? Bitcoin. Oh, I didn't know. It might that. be directly forked from Bitcoin. I'm not 100 percent sure. But basically, like they have this whole. It's thing. a crypto note coin. Yeah, they have uh, essentially a privacy coin, right? And I set it up, and they had this. They just walked you through everything. I did mining. They teach you how to fork the coin yourself. So I like forked and set up my own coin and like You were a proper shit coiner. You just jump you jump through all the hoops. This when is what I'm did. talking about. This is good. This is how you learn. When you jump through all those hoops, you're like, oh, this is why it doesn't work. Like you hit these things where you're like, oh, like I'm I'm technically centralized right now. So like if somebody wanted to shut me down, my coin wouldn't exist anymore. Uh, this couldn't have worked out any uh, better, Josh. I literally explained just, this phenomenon while you were off air. Then you came on and you just explained how you walked right through this phenomenon, which is this exactly this is exactly what you want to see. Yeah, I, I mean I don't know if those guys are still there, but I'm just I'm telling you, like I went on their Discord and they would spend hours in Discord chats with me, like helping me do all that stuff, like helping me set up mining, helping me set up wallets, helping me fork my own coin and do my shit on my own coin using their like technology. Like, I don't know what their goal is, but they just love what they're that, that sounds like well-intentioned shit coiners to me, actually. I mean, uh, and hurting, gosh, if I send you 10 turtle coins, will you send me 20 back? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually how it how it how it so became so popular <laughs> jim what about you man did you shitcoin before oh. you bitcoined and what made you what made you switch to bitcoin uh, I, never, I never shilled anything but i was gonna make a i was gonna make a, a you know a, 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 a rival to bitcoin for sure uh me and my friend we were gonna we had it all figured out i was direct messaging jimmy song to see if he would consult with us 
And then I saw what the price was, and I was like, no, I think we'll figure this out without him. And, uh, you know, you know, I found Bitcoin, and it took me months. I studied and studied, and I kept finding uh, maximalists, let's call them. Uh, but I found a bunch of other stuff. And I found these guys that were trading. I, you know, I found their videos because it was about crypto or whatever. And they were trading Ethereum and Litecoin on Coinbase. And it was a whole group of people. I joined their group. I was, you know, I thought I could trade. And so I had this account. And so I, I you know, as I'm trying to maybe think about building my own cryptocurrency one day, um, you know, I'm trading these shit coins, Ethereum and Litecoin. And just, always to try and get more Bitcoin. But, you know, at the time, believing that maybe they had a chance. Uh, but while I was doing all my research, I was also reading white papers of everything that seemed worth looking at, you know, where all the hype was. And I read way too many white papers. And after enough of them, it came, it was pretty obvious that they weren't the same. And uh, and it didn't take long. Thankfully, I probably didn't waste more than eight months uh, before I was totally done with that stuff. Uh, from the very beginning, when I say first bought some Bitcoin, until I gave up all the trading stuff, the idea that I was going to make my own, and it was just all into Bitcoin, and I got to learn everything I can. And if I'm going to do anything in this space, if I'm going to learn what I need to learn, I got to follow the right people, meet the right people, and tune into the signal and get rid of all the noise. And that's where I've been for now. Got to be close to three years. I'm almost looking at this space for four, and probably spent six months before I bought any Bitcoin because I was so unsure, and I had nobody to ask. Nobody in my life knows a thing about it. I'm the only one. So I had nobody personally I could go to. It was all online. I had to learn. But it's out there, and it's way more out there now. Look at this. This gets recorded. People can listen to us. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's an amazing amount of content. If you can't learn about Bitcoin and, and know what's going on out there, then you're a fool. Because there's way too much information. I, I do agree with you. One thing I'll say is that, like, I feel like we need to – do a little bit more marketing around the fact that there are scammers out there. Like people, how many people go to Bitcoin.com still? You know, a lot of people probably. It's, it's Blockchain.com. Yeah. I mean, we were at a, a conference in LA and <laughs> I was kind of upset with everyone else because I was the only one who had like the, the gumption to go up to this guy. This guy was wearing the classic Roger Ver polo shirt, like the exact same one. It said Bitcoin.com on the back, the whole thing. And everyone was giving him dirty looks. And he didn't realize. And I'm just like to myself, he must not know. I don't know how he doesn't know, but he doesn't know. So I like pulled him aside and I gave him the context of the shirt. And he was like, he was incredibly grateful. He had no idea that Bitcoin.com was like, you know, selling Bcash and all this stuff. And, you know, think about all these new people coming into the space right now. They don't have the context. It took me months oh, yeah. on, on crypto Twitter and then Bitcoin Twitter to actually understand what's going on. You know, and I, uh, I asked Pierre Rochard on Twitter. Uh, about whether or not Blockstream was trying to take over Bitcoin. And he just replied, I don't know if you're trying to troll me or not. <laughs> and I just replied, I am not trying to troll you. I really this is my just favorite want to story. I really my favorite just, Brady story. I really just want to know. I just want to know, man. Like, I'm serious. Please, sir, let me know. Is Blockstream <laughs> taking over Bitcoin? I need to know. I have heavy bags. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so well, thanks, I mean, to this day, I just I just opened up an incognito browser window and I said, buy Bitcoin. And the first organic search result with Bitcoin for sale is Bitcoin.com. And what's the number two? Coinbase? Good. So the, fir the first result is Bitcoin.org, which doesn't have Bitcoin for sale. 
Bitcoin.com. And then it's uh, Investopedia, Kraken, CEX.io, Paxful, Buy Bitcoin Worldwide, Gemini. That's the first page. I can't believe CEX.io's are still up there. Yeah. Do they even still sell Bitcoin? Which one? CEX.io. Coinbase is the number 13 organic result for Black. Does CEX still exist? Is that including ads? Or that's not, you exclude it? doesn't include ads, just organic search results. Wow, I didn't know they still existed. Who's who's running SEO at Coinbase? Sex.io was was GHash. They don't want you to buy Bitcoin at Coinbase, Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just look look at the exchange balances. I mean, Coinbase is fucking juggernaut. They have you know, 10x the next guy in terms of, of how much Bitcoin they have on yep. exchange, which is like the one metric you can't game. Like in a world, like every, like we're in, the people keep saying we're in a post-truth world. It's like the only truth is like your Bitcoin balance and don't tell anybody how much you have, but it's like, it's the one metric that can't be gamed. Everyone's got that number in their head though. As soon as you said that, everyone's thinking it, the number. <laughs> no, That's no. the number. You know it. If you had to do the multiplication of the ETH price, you don't have any Bitcoin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. What about all those people that are invested through Grayscale that think they own Bitcoin? And really, Barry owns it all. They're going to have rectification at some point, right? They're well, all they going to learn. go back to fiat and then try and buy some actual Bitcoin. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I've already stopped a bunch of friends from buying on PayPal. Like they were like, Oh, it's on PayPal. I was like, you do not get a Bitcoin. Like don't do that. The bad one's going to be Venmo. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Our peers don't use PayPal. Right. Right. So hold on a second. Did you see the PayPal announcement today? Has anybody looked into it at all? I just saw it. I haven't, I haven't like tried to understand it. The yet. video. He did a, he did a video on CNBC this morning. It wasn't a new it. announcement. We already knew uh, what he said. So yep. basically like you can own, Cryptocurrencies, quote unquote, through PayPal. Quote unquote, yes, quote unquote. What? Quote unquote, yeah. I mean, you can't buy actual Bitcoin on PayPal. You just, you get like a, you get like a number on your screen that says you have Bitcoin, but it's actually just dollars. So that that much I get, but like he's saying that like we could theoretically buy paintball guns on eBay with our Bitcoin and. Right, that you bought through PayPal. And it's just going to be. So it's just going to be like a in the moment. They'll convert it to fiat and they'll pay the PayPal merchant in fiat or oh. Bitcoin, depending on what the merchant wants. So I, I saw that and I, I started laughing immediately because it's just like it's clear evidence that PayPal understands how valuable Bitcoin is and is going to be. And they're like, yeah, we'll take that Bitcoin if you want to give it to us. I found that, that was absurd. So do you guys know, can you like if you have Bitcoin, can you deposit it onto PayPal? No, no. I, w- I want to just make something clear here, but disclosure, they're a sponsor, but I see it happening in the comments right now. I see people talking about this. There's this meme going around that Cash App, when Cash App launched, they also didn't allow withdrawals. This is not true. Yeah, it's not when, true. when Cash App first launched, they allowed withdrawals. They didn't allow deposits, um, which I think is completely fine. We, you know, you guys clipped me out talking about how Swan still doesn't allow you to sell Bitcoin. I think that's completely fine. You need to be able to withdraw. And PayPal, I don't even think plans on allowing this. So I'll believe it, you know, if it ever happens. But but we, we there's no giving them the benefit of the doubt. We have to assume here that they're never going to allow you to withdraw Bitcoin. Yeah. Until they do. 
Also, to if be they clear, do. Cash App is a sponsor of Matt's pod, not our pod, not this pod. Right. Yeah. The pod. Hey, Matt, do you think if they, if you're going to pay a merchant in Bitcoin and the merchant thinks he's getting Bitcoin, it's also still locked up on, in PayPal? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so what's the point? Like, It's so fucked up. They just want you locked into the PayPal ecosystem. So it's yeah, you own Bitcoin. Well, I guess if you own some in your account, uh, you know, credited to your name, and the value of it goes up, and then you go to spend it, you could benefit from the increase, especially right. if you actually back it with Bitcoin. It's price exposure. It's the same as GBTC. Yeah. But, the, the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, is Square is is a major player in the the merchant space, right? So like the biggest chance here that happens that PayPal actually gives you like proper. Expo- like proper access to Bitcoin and lets you withdraw and lets merchants withdraw and actually get Bitcoin is because Square does it and they just feel like they're pressured into doing it. Like it's just a peer pressure situation. I would think they're going to get pressured eventually once enough people understand, you know, or they're just going to walk away and then they're going to lose business and they'll, they'll either close it down or they'll change. You know, unless people stay stupid for longer than I can imagine. I don't know. You know, the information is out there. You want to hold your own keys. People are going to figure that out. Jim, but with stocks, with all of our other investments, there's no such thing as like self-custody. Like self-custody, like no one, like Bitcoin's the only thing that we've ever been able to self-custody except for like physical gold. And like millennials aren't running around like, Oh, I got my physical gold. I got my, I got my coins, you know, like no, no one's fucking doing that. So mentally no one can conceptualize it. But you know what, Matt? That's not entirely true because my grandma had some stocks and she had the like, I don't know. what the Yeah, but your grandma was an OG. She also had physical gold coins like millennials don't give a shit about that stuff. They don't even use cash. Sure. But I'm saying like these are the people we learn from, you know, like it's important to have that information. But it's also important to have like understand people that are teaching you. Like I'm with you. I agree with you 100 percent. But I'm also trying to understand, like, why anyone would ever do that shit with PayPal. Like, I'm going to pay a fee to buy Bitcoin. I'm going to pay a fee to and then I'm going to pay a fee to buy something with Bitcoin through PayPal. It's like a lose lose situation in my mind. I don't know. Other than like Matt, you said the price exposure. It's like I don't know what the benefit is. It's price exposure. It's convenience. Yeah. Yeah. But to buy something with like to buy a paintball gun with Bitcoin on eBay through PayPal. Like that's not convenient at all. But no one's going to do that. That's just a marketing point. That's just a talking point that the PayPal CEO says or whatever. So people will, people people that buy a lot of Bitcoin on PayPal and don't have fiat available to make a purchase and want to spend some money on something, they'll spend some of their Bitcoin from their Bitcoin balance on PayPal to make that purchase. Businesses will do that. This will be global. I don't know yet whether the competitive pressure of Bitcoiners, of users demanding to be able to withdraw Bitcoin and the competitive pressure of Square and others makes them allow Bitcoin withdrawals. The early signs were that they were probably headed in that direction. Remember, like the entire senior team there, like all big Bitcoin hodlers, the original founders is like Teal and Musk and people that believe in, you know, a a global decentralized currency. It's why they started the damn company in the first place. Chances are they go that direction if it were just, if there was no economic consideration, but there is a big economic consideration. They make a ton of money keeping it all within their own ecosystem. 
in their on their own internal ledger because they don't have to pay the network fees. They don't have to pay the ACH fees and deal with the banking and or get the liability. Of- How about like all the compliance shit? All of that too. Huge deal. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think they would be able to deal with the compliance because they already have that department, unlike a Bitcoin startup. So like they already have the lawyers, they already have the lobbyists, they already have the understanding of the whole global regulatory framework. I think they would be fine with that. The margins of being able to uh, not have even just on their own business. And this is what the whole rationale. If I was sitting there in like biz ops and I was making the deck for the board or whatever, trying to get this through. And I think Edstrom laid this out first and then I started diving into it and, and it totally makes a ton of sense. Um, right now, nobody really keeps a balance at PayPal, right? They just like, they put some money in through credit card or debit. They buy their thing. When, when merchants or a seller gets that money, they take it off immediately. So basically every transaction, PayPal's only getting a little sliver of that because they have to go in and out of the other hooks. Except for Venmo. Banks on both ends, except for Venmo. And then this, this basically just lets them, it's a huge percentage of their 375 million users or whatever will keep that value on platform if they want to be able to like hold it in Bitcoin or some altcoin or whatever. Well, I mean, I think what people don't realize is it's not a Bitcoin play. I don't think, I think it's an yeah. investments play. Yeah. yeah I, I agree. think, I think they watch square and, and they watch square go into investments, which is Bitcoin plus stonks. Right. And, and you're able to take a fee on that with, mm-hmm. with the, with the P2P shit, P2P, they call it P2P, right? It's not really peer to peer, but, like when you're paying someone on Venmo or Cash App, like consumers expect zero fee. They expect zero fee. It's a chase to the bottom, but they'll pay yeah. 1% to buy Berkshire Hathaway, like a little fraction of Berkshire Hathaway. So I think what we see next is I think we see PayPal add stocks. I, I don't think. Um, I am 100% with you. I, in fact, I'm surprised that they did Bitcoin first. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent. I also feel like. I am always shocked and appalled at the number of people who don't realize that they're carrying a balance on their Venmo. Like they have no Everyone idea. carries a balance on Venmo. Yeah. I, I mean, I talk to people and they like, look at their phone. They're like, holy shit, I've got $2,000 in my Venmo. Like exactly. they have no idea that they have to withdraw. Like it's, just, it's, it's insane how much money people have. <laughs> Check my Venmo right now. I haven't done that in, I don't even know how long. I have no idea if there's anything in there. Or not. Brecky just realized his Venmo account's frozen and all of his money's stuck in there. I've got $24, which I'm not sure why I have $24. Wow. So he's got like half his net worth is on Venmo right now. And he didn't even realize. Okay. Yeah. I'm probably the only one without Venmo on this call. Wrong, Matt. I'm auto withdrawing from Swan. Okay. <laughs> Never keep my, my uh, funds on any exchange. Look, once you start having kids, you have to have Venmo because it's the only way to pay babysitters. Seriously. Oh, okay. I mean, New York, New York was running on Venmo, especially the younger generation. Yeah. And also, I'll tell you this, just as being a chef, like a ton of farmers took it up because it's just a, a great way to make a COVID safe transaction. You know? like, Matt, Matt, I owe you some money. Can you break out your Alipay real quick? You're gonna pay me to WeChat? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Bro. I only accept I only accept uh, Chinese CBDCs. So wait, 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 I had a friend that reached out to me. He was like, and he was this British guy. He was like, how, how, 
do you know where I can buy the digital yuan? And I'm just like, why would you want to buy that? When, does, when is Swan going to support digital yuan stacking? <laughs> That's the real question. Uh, hmm, Corey? <laughs> just no, just no. You heard it here first, folks. Swan will not be supporting the digital yuan surveillance. But, but I just want to reiterate, I think, I think we're going to see more of this narrative that not allowing self-custody is a security benefit for users. Yeah. Um, because to be frank, like if, if, if you're from a traditional mindset, it is like you can't hack an exchange if you can't withdraw from them. Like there's no way you can take their Bitcoin. So if you completely trust the exchange, which you shouldn't, or trust the brokerage, like the most secure way for them to do it is to just never let you withdraw your Bitcoin. So I, and I, we saw that in the PayPal documentation they were like you don't control your private keys we hold them for you that'd be scary you could lose your private keys you know we could lose our private keys or whatever and like and so i i, I think that's going to be more and more of a narrative shift where it's going to be and and you know we see this with the high net worth guys they're, they're not holding their own keys they move it straight into a custodian mm-hmm. well i mean the for scary- security it's more secure it's in cold storage this from a guy who tweeted about forgetting his password just this morning. Yeah, I lost all my Bitcoin on those encrypted hard drives. <laughs> Wait, did you? I missed I missed this tweet. Wait. No, no, I have I have encrypted hard drives that I don't know the password for because I thought I could memorize the password and you, you can't. That's a bad idea. You'll forget it one day. Yeah. You couldn't possibly time this. I just got a DM on Twitter. Brecky, can you put this up on the on screen? Let's get some help. I'm going to draft a response here. Oh, wait, I can't put the whole you thing. can't up. put the whole thing up. All right, I'll read it. It says, uh, I've looked at the site a bit, can dig deeper, but is there a way to transfer Bitcoin from Robinhood over? Nope. <laughs> Sell and rebuy. Ouch. Nope. Yeah, you got to, you can transfer your dollars. Sue them. Maybe they'll open withdrawals. <laughs> But what Matt was talking about is a good point. Like this is, there's going to be this kind of dichotomy between the big buyers that are going to come in this cycle, institutions, billionaires, et cetera, big investors that, you know, the trend that we're seeing corporates, you know, corporations buying for the reserve assets, they're going to withdraw to cold storage, right? So there's this sort of education gap between the retail FOMO people who are going to be coming in and the, you know, the, the corporate you know, and, and, and big money people who have done the research, obviously, because they're buying, making such big buys to hodl. And they're going to be taking a bunch of money off exchange and or Bitcoin off exchange and, and hodling because they've learned, they, you know, they're listening to to Matt O'Dell and they, they, they and, and the whole, you know, and everyone else, not your keys, not your coins. And that's going to be a lot of Bitcoin. And that's going to be a, a bigger like price or like supply crunch, I think, than, than the having a bigger force and supply crunch than the having. So price is going to be going up, but people are going to be, you know, retail is going to be buying on exchange. So this is something I'm a little worried about uh, for, for the, for the people, right? Um, you gotta, we gotta keep doing our work to encourage all the people to like withdraw. I mean, that's the negative take. I think the positive take is, is, is the plebs, the, the average millennial, you know, who's coming in and stacking with Swan and doing auto stack, auto withdraw. That's the thing. Is actually controlling their keys. While while the billionaires are coming in and they're going to keep it with a custodian, right? So yep. what happens when Anchorage, when something happens to Anchorage or one of these major ass custodians, 
like all of a sudden the plebs have more Bitcoin than the fucking billionaires. Right. So I think there's still this nice little dichotomy there that's happening. I hope. Um, and I think it's very important that, that we realize as Bitcoiners um, that value sovereignty, that, that we need to be ready to fight for self custody. Like we can't allow yep. that route to get blocked because what I, what I am scared about and you you hear this a lot with the OGs when they, they talk about like, oh, we used to be able to buy without KYC and now KYC is required everywhere. I'm afraid like the next step is, well, we used to be able to easily self-custody and auto-withdraw and now you can't do that anywhere, right? And I, I think that that's an important distinction that need that, that needs to be, that, that line in the sand needs to happen and we, and we need... We, we we need the pl- we need as many people as possible to self custody. That's it. That's the thing, and that's I mean one concern that I have is just that so much Bitcoin is going to be hodled by these larger institutions, larger buyers, uh, that it's like even more incumbent upon us, right, to like you know preach preach as loud as we can uh, and and people the, the hodl message, right, because. This is, I mean, this message getting out there, this is what Bitcoin's for. It's not for payments. That idea that we've all uh, understood for years and years is is seeping out. And, you know, there's just going to be a rush to buy Bitcoin and hold it. And that's the hodl FOMO. I, I mean, I want, and I want as many like plebs to be hodling as possible, you know, um, the, the Bitcoin. So that's where I, I'm just a little, I, I feel like the hodl phone was coming sooner than later now because of everything that's happened and the government response. Here. Yeah, it's here. Okay. So I want, I just feel like super, uh, motivated <laughs> to get to as many people as possible. Like you need to hold this Bitcoin yourself. Just buy a Bitcoin, buy a couple Bitcoins and hold it. This is what this was for. It's a, it's store value. <laughs> this is what, what I love about Swan is, and I know I'm just blowing smoke up your guys' ass. Uh, oh, you're just going to go, you're going to go full. Is, is for like the last five years, some of my friends who have been using Coinbase or whatnot, I've just been lecturing them over and over again, withdraw your coins, withdraw your coins. Like you need to take your, your, your Bitcoin off of exchange. The fact that it's normalized in the swan flow where you just automatically stack and you just automatically withdraw it is fucking massive. Like they don't even have to conceptually get past that point. If you're hey, free smoke, we'll, 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 I'll put you full screen again. We're, we're totally cool with that. <laughs> Matt, you make, you make my point in a way. Um, I, I believe that the, the truth that Bitcoin represents in at so many levels uh, is going to permeate through society. It can't be stopped. And more and more people are going to understand the concept. And although we will see a transition period where custodying of people's Bitcoin uh, is going to feel normal to a lot of people, just like keeping their money in the bank, um, the, the, the further and wider the word gets out that you don't have to, shouldn't let it other people hold this for you. Uh, the more value that's stored in every single Satoshi, uh, it's just it's going to make it more critical. And I, I do think there's going to be an exponential changeover at some point where the custody solutions will disappear in a couple generations yeah. for the most part. Wow. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I think, like, uh, you know, maybe you might be right. Like, like maybe we'll get to that point where people start really, really learning. But I think. A lot of multi-sig maybe yeah. I think the bull, bull case is that like people switch to you know like the sailors yeah. of the world use like collaborative custody instead of just multi-sig, absolutely but you still have control that's kind of like uh, 
um, a living will of some of, of a certain type or a trust, more like a trust, where you've you've decided what's going to happen to your wealth at the, the moment you pass. Who's going to get what control of what? Who's going to get what over what period of time? With the Bitcoin, you have the ability to um, very, very easily exchange custody to the people that have control of the keys at a moment in time that you get to say, even beyond your death. Like you could lock it up beyond your death to some date or block height to where your kids or grandkids just can't spend it. They just got to sit there and wait. Uh, if you think that's an important thing, uh, my, my mom set up a trust and uh, my, my younger brother had a lot of issues in his life. And my mother wanted to make sure if he was ever going to inherit anything, he had to be clean and sober for a certain amount of years. And unfortunately, he passed away before my mom. But the point was that she didn't want him to waste it if he got it at the wrong point in his life because he didn't have his act together or whatnot. And yeah. with ELCs and you know, multi-sig, you can set up all kinds of arrangements where your heirs don't get it unless they toe the line, so to speak, kind of like control beyond the grave. But, hey, you know, you got programmable money for the first time on the planet. It's a pretty amazing thing. So I think this is a, a great place to to jump off to our, our ending point, which is uh, we do something <laughs> called, uh, called Swan Force Fridays. Today it's a Swan Force Monday. And uh, what day is it? I honestly, it feels like Friday. I have no idea what day it is anymore. Um, but basically what we do, it's a fan favorite. We put our guests on the clock. We give them 60 seconds to give them our best, give them to give us their best Bitcoin pitch. Um, and what we like to do is ask them to sort of pick someone that they're pitching. It could be a group of people. It could be your mother. It could be your brother, your cousin, your, you know, it could be boomers in general. Um, so what we'll do is we'll start with, uh, I'm going to save Matt for last. No, you know what? Screw it. Matt's going first. All right. Matt, you're going to go first. And uh, we're going to put you on the clock. One second. I need to find the clock. All right. There's the clock. Matt, let us know when you're ready. One minute to give us a Bitcoin pitch. And who are you going to pitch? Um. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll pitch. Um... You've already lost. What? I, I, I don't know. But, uh, what's her name? Greta. Oh, good. Nice. Nice. Pitch Greta. The, the how dare you? The how dare you girl? Yeah. This is going to be great. What's this her last great. name? Thornburg? I want to go on, on TFPC. Like she and Marty, that'd be a great, uh, great little pairing right there. What's, what's her last name? Thornburg. Thornburg? Thornburg. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Greta. This is going straight. This is going straight to Twitter tomorrow. Let's go. Hit it. Wait, hold on. I want to. I'm going to move you around real quick. All right, there we go. All right, three, two, one. Hey, Greta. Have you heard of Bitcoin? Bitcoin is a new type of money that was launched in 2009. Young people have rallied around this money. And what's really interesting about this money is that it creates a financial incentive to be better for the environment. That's fucking awesome. We can save this whole fucking planet with this better money. But what's even better than that 
is if you buy it today, as adoption increases, price should rise. So then we'll get fucking rich off of it. And we could do all these great things for the planet with that money. Consider it. Buy Bitcoin. With that was spare practice Bravo, sir. That's having the timer right in front of you does help because you you know that was like a DJ spinning records. You just timed it right down to the <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Jim, you want to go next? I'm gonna do I'm gonna do an alternative pitch. All right, one second. I'm gonna switch you around, put you in the hot seat. Bang bang. Who who are you gonna pitch today? Um Hold on. Who am I going to pitch? I got to get myself on the side of the screen. Uh, I got to look cool. Let me think. Get your good side, Josh. Who am I pitching? Um, I'm going to pitch just the average Netflix and chill person, bro. I'm going to pitch the Netflix and chill, bro. All right. This will be a this will be different from your other pitches. Good. That's what we're looking for. We love it. All right. In three, two, one. I don't think you can say anything. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just stacked, bro. Did <laughs> I burn the whole minute? I couldn't see the fucking time because of the stuff at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you burned the minute. Uh, you're so fast. You look like that. Who's that guy with the the most important guy in the world. Where was who's that commercial? What was that guy? That's what I was waiting for. I don't always buy Bitcoin. I, I, I was gonna do that. I was gonna do something, but I couldn't see the time. We did anyone see Josh's silent uh, cooking thing video? Weird video thing he posted in the middle of the pandemic. When I ate, I ate the steak in silence for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> what? When was that, Josh? I don't know. I don't know when it happened, but it happened at the perfect time. It was amazing. It was one of the best things I've ever seen on Twitter. <laughs> oh, man, uh, Jim, I'm I'm sorry you got to follow that one. That was a uh, that was a real. Yeah, both of those. I'm, this is going to be a you know uh, anticlimactic. Uh, I, I heard about you guys. I, I you know one of your previous broadcasts, so I had to think about this one. I thought to myself, I, you know, a stranger in an elevator sees my hat, 
says, is that, is that something about Bitcoin right there? Would that be on it? What does that mean? And so, uh, yeah, whenever you're ready. It shouldn't take me a minute, but uh, I, got, I got something I, I think anybody could say to a stranger. Love it. All right. In three, two, one. Uh, yeah, uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, um, I, I got. I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, I'd like to make a statement, and that is that money is the most important invention humans have ever come up with, and Bitcoin is the newest version of money, and that makes Bitcoin the most important invention humans have ever come up with. It beats every other invention on the planet, and uh, so what? Questions can I answer about this very important money that can make you fabulously wealthy if you get some of it? <laughs> Matt, uh, do you want to take the last 25 seconds? <laughs> the humble stack sets. I just wanted to say, Jim, that was fantastic. It was. Yo, no. Nick, no one needs to pitch Brad Sherman. He understands Bitcoin better than anyone else in Congress. A little too well for a congressman, in my opinion. But uh, that's all right. He's probably got some. Dude's got a major ass bag. Hedging. And he feels guilty about it. Yeah. I'm sort of mixed on like pitching Bitcoin. Like I sort of, my focus is like on trying to find the people that will listen before I talk about it. Because mm. there's so much talking that goes on before. And I know it's a mixed bag and I, Commend anyone who goes out there and talks to people. We can tell in your pitch. You, didn't have to. <laughs> you literally said nothing in your pitch. <laughs> Precise, well, precisely. The clock, but as much as Trace Mayer has said about Bitcoin in the last six months. Yeah, yeah. I'm Mimblewimble Coin. It's the future. Matt, you know we're recording. Store it on your ballet wallet. You know we're recording. <laughs> Don't do either of those things, people. For new people, packed into those statements for all you noobs out there. Look in the ballet wallet, Mimble Wimble, but don't, run away. Don't. Just run don't away. look into either. No, just just understand it. You want to run away. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I look, I, I, I personally, on Twitter at least, like my public persona, I don't try and um, shill Bitcoin to pre-coiners. Um, but like, let's be honest, like in reality, in our day-to-day -day lives, like we say that, but then like we, you have like two drinks and like, you're just talking about Bitcoin. I, I, I like every single like real world event I'm at, I'm just shilling Bitcoin to like every, any person who will fucking listen. And if they don't want it, they just walk away from me. <laughs> I'm, I'm like that. I'm not annoying, dude. Like, that, Actually, like people who won't. Listen. We all are Matt right now. We all. I know, right? Like, we'll, we'll, you know. Oh, um, I won't do that. Yeah, okay. It's like two drinks in. Boom. I'm always looking for an opportunity to change the subject in that direction. They just got to give me just drop some little tidbit that I can turn it towards the Fed or yeah, something completely random, right? And you just oh, yeah. tie it back down to Bitcoin. Connection through the Fed and inflation to their money that's in their pocket disappearing. <laughs> you gotta look, look at Bitcoin, folks. Come on. <laughs> By the way, it's way worse at uh, at blockchain gatherings. Oh yeah, like well, you do it to yourself. I went to a blockchain conference in Orange County like early last year, like right as we were just getting started with Give Bitcoin. And I'd say out of 250 or 300 attendees, there were probably like four or five people that understood Bitcoin. 
And I was one of them. <laughs> yeah, but that's just masochism, right? Like you're just doing that to yourself. Uh, yeah, it was pretty funny though. I, I mean, I, I, you become a pariah pretty quickly as you just go around telling people that they're scamming everyone and that they're wasting their lives. It's really boring. Uh, and then Dan Held came down to LA and I needed somebody to talk to. So I dragged him to uh, Beverly Hills blockchain uh, like cocktail hour or something. And, uh, you know, it wasn't long before it was like the two of us just chilling by the fountain with our drinks, not talking to anybody as everyone was just repelled by us. <laughs> the weirdest part is like, we're grouped in with them, but it's like a completely different world. It's, like I don't understand what's going on in their world and they have no idea what's going on in my world. And when I, when I meet them, it's like, we're on whole different, whole different fucking planets. And like, I try as a pragmat pragmatist, like I try to like get them on board, right? Like you, you, like you try and like find common ground, like where, like where can we like make it happen? And we're just not there. Like I'm better off with just some random ass pre-coiner than I am with some, mm -hmm. you know, blockchain expert or a blockchain. Really? Whatever. Yeah, like to the point where you hear that term, you hear blockchain, you hear crypto, and it's just automatic like, I probably don't respect this person. Like I, I, they have to, they have to extra earn it. They have to go out of their way to earn that respect from just normal. And you're just more this. So this exact thing, same thing happened to me last Wednesday. I had dinner and there was with like, it was me and three other people. And one of the people at the table was from this like Colum shit coin from Colombia. I don't even know what the name of the coin was, but it was like a remittance. Coin. And, uh, and I just, they, she was just like, yeah, just like the whole went down too. And I was like, yeah, because you can't do remittance if you're centralized, right? <laughs> and she like just looked at me and she was like, that wasn't the problem. And I'm like, no, no, that's the problem. <laughs> and it's kind of like flip flop back and forth. Like you just said, it's like it would have been so much easier to have a conversation with someone who had never about Bitcoin than it was to like, have a conversation with someone who tried to organize a remittance coin from Colombia with like a party of four developers. I mean, look, the reality is, is, is this, like, I, I think Bitcoin is going to make the world a better place. I think it's already making the world a better place. And I want it to, to improve the lives of everyone. I really do. But at the end of the day, it's far more important to onboard the next, you know, 5 billion Bitcoiners than it is to try to convene convert a few thousand, 10,000 shitcoiners. It just it doesn't matter. <laughs> and let them be. Here's the question. You were just trying to stay on the air long enough for one thing to happen, which is we had a good feeling about Monday and, uh, and we just passed our all time high for most signups in a day on SWAT. Oh, uh, and we still have what, eight, eight hours and 15 minutes left in the day. So Congrats. go sign up for SWAN. We're live in New York. Pitch Greta on Bitcoin. Pitch restaurateurs <laughs> on Bitcoin. We just had a we just had a restaurateur from Seattle buy an immense amount of Bitcoin uh, since he needs number go up and it's not happening at the restaurant right now. <laughs> nice, I love it. Yeah, yeah it's good stuff. It. So, guys, here's my here's my question: Is Bitcoin a cryptocurrency? Yeah. Depends who you have. Original cryptocurrency. <laughs> what do the rest of you say? Yeah. I. Uh, what do I don't know what a cryptocurrency is. That's what I'm asking. 
What is that? That cryptocurrency. Uh, I mean, these are all just Bitcoin derivatives. <laughs> I, I, I don't prescribe to the term cryptocurrency. There's Bitcoin and there's shitcoin. That's it. You have Bitcoin and you have Bitcoin derivatives. Okay. I like that. Hey guys, I got to head out. My son Eric has violin practice. We got to with his violin teacher, but he has something to say before we go. <laughs> oh, that was his you big moment. That was his big moment. Can you say that? Oh, he's, he, he's too shy. He was trying to get it. Eric, I believe in you. All right, we're going to go do violin. Bye, everyone. Bye, Bitcoin. Go, Swan. See you guys later. On behalf of the Swan team, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Swan Lounge, the Swan Signal podcast. It's fun to join us live on the YouTube broadcast at youtube.com slash swansignal. Head over there, subscribe, and turn on notifications. We have a lot of fun in the live chat, and we often work in some questions from listeners. Swan Signal is a production of Swan Bitcoin at swanbitcoin.com the best way to accumulate Bitcoin. Follow us on Twitter at SwanBitcoin and subscribe to the podcast at swansignalpodcast.com.